This is episode number 015 of the Reno Slant. It's the Thanksgiving episode, and Nevada is turning Las Vegas blue. Welcome to the Reno Slant, the podcast for Northern Nevada sports fans, where an award-winning sports writer and his Nevada alum brother discuss Nevada football, Nevada basketball, and, well, pretty much everything else Nevada, except for the Loyalist Chicago tournament game. We don't talk about that. Here are your bro hosts, Adam and Nathan Schaub. All right, guys, happy Thanksgiving. Hope you're spending it with loved ones, watching sports, not even talking to each other. <laughs> That's how it's supposed to be, right? At least the watching sports part for certain. And it's a pretty good time to watch sports right now for the Nevada faithful. And if you're traveling, maybe you're driving down to Vegas this week, a lot of Nevada games down here in Vegas. Maybe you're on a plane. Maybe you're driving over the pass. It looks like we're supposed to get... Uh, our first significant winter storm in the past, so hopefully you're driving safe. But either way, we are very excited to be able to join you on this trip. Although, I will say this, not jealous of you guys driving from, from Reno to Vegas. <laughs> not not jealous of that drive at all. <laughs> we'll get into that later in the show. Jay Norvell's squad on Saturday, it wasn't pretty, but it was a win. Snuck one out at San Jose State. Fourth straight win for Nevada, and now you guys know what it is. It's UNLV week. It's a battle for the Fremont Cannon down here in Vegas. Adam and I will put the San Jose State game to bed if it hasn't already. I think a lot of us chose to just forget about that game. <laughs> the minute it ended, it wasn't pretty. Uh, then we'll get on to the Rebels game. What do we need to know about UNLV? And then obviously we'll get into our predictions for that. Eric Musselman's squad also started slow on Monday night and then ultimately steamrolled. Cal Baptist, and is also coming down here to Vegas this week. So Adam and I will share some quick thoughts on the Cal Baptist game from Monday, and then look ahead to Tulsa. Um, and we're thrilled about this week's guest, especially considering that it's UNLV week for the football program. We caught up with uh, former Nevada great and former Buffalo Bill, Duke Williams. Got his thoughts on this year's Nevada team. What's he think about the defense? You know he's liking watching uh, Nevada play defense the way it is this year. We talk about UNLV, get a prediction from him. You guys will <laughs> you're get a kick out of his prediction. He got into it. Get his thoughts on, yes, we got to talk about the Bills and his NFL career, but really we dug into his new sports lab in Reno. Amazing what he's doing. I think that is going to really play in Reno, the value that's going to bring to a lot of the athletes coming up through the high schools in Reno. And Reno really starting to be a, I don't want to say a destination, but programs are becoming aware of the talent coming out of Reno now with some of the kids, and I think this lab is going to just take that to the next level. So we're really excited about his new lab, and we talk in depth about that. For slants, we're going to jump back into power rankings this week. We're going to do Thanksgiving traditions. We've got to do at least one of the cliche <laughs> sports talk uh, Thanksgiving bits. So we'll do Thanksgiving traditions, games of the weekend for, yes, college. I cannot believe it's already the final week of the regular season for college, and that makes me very sad. I mean, there's a few other games still, Army-Navy, obviously. But this is the last big one. Twitter questions, we got a ton from you guys this week. A ton. Some really good ones. And then random Reno we're going to do a similar format as last week, so we'll talk about uh, this past wave of games. So we'll talk about San Jose State and Cal Baptist, and then we'll hear from Duke, kick to our guest, and then we'll preview the upcoming week and do slants. But first, our iTunes five-star review of the week. It comes from 
we got shut out again. <laughs> First time in a few weeks we didn't get one. So the pool is going to double next week. Big money, $2. Whoever leaves the iTunes review of the week, it really is simple. All you got to do, some of you guys are listening on iTunes right now. Scroll down to our homepage. You'll see at the bottom where you can leave a comment. Just leave a quick comment on there. Give us five stars, and you're in the running to uh, get $2 and get a shout-out on the show. And I will tell you, it's Thanksgiving, so it's time to be grateful, and we'll get more into this later. But when we leave those, when you leave those reviews, those mean a lot. We appreciate those greatly because that's how this podcast grows. That's how, how we get some recognition and start to expand this thing. So if you had it in you to leave an iTunes review, that would be great. Um, it's a fun episode this week because not only is it Thanksgiving, but it's a first for us. We are a lot of things, this podcast. I gotta put myself on the spot here. We're a meteorology podcast. We're an education podcast. We are a uh, Cleveland Browns podcast. But now we're gonna be an international podcast because bro, you are in Brazil right now. Yes, I am. <laughs> so some of you guys will hear, hear that feedback and it's gonna be a little bit choppy. Just bear with us a little bit. Um, it's what comes with being as fancy as we are here on the Reno Slant, doing international podcasting. So we're recording this at 5.10 on Wednesday night. What time is it there right now? Uh, it's about 11.50. Yeah, 11.10. So a little, little late here. Not too bad, though. Not too bad. So you're going to be obviously not here for Thanksgiving. And Thanksgiving is not a thing in Brazil, clearly. So what are you doing tomorrow? Uh, my girlfriend's parents, they got, they're making a Thanksgiving lunch. So I'll be having a lot of the Thanksgiving traditional stuff, but it'll just be a little earlier in the day. Thanksgiving lunch. So are you guys doing like turkey and mashed potatoes and, or what are you doing? Turkey, mashed, turkey, mashed potatoes, stuffing, all just the traditional stuff. It'll probably just be a little smaller portions because it's earlier in the day. So I don't want to be passed out at 2 p.m. But, (laughs) well, the biggest thing, still, still find a way to, the biggest thing is you won't be able to sit on the couch and watch football probably. Yeah, no, it's been, if I get on some Wi-Fi, I'll have to be watching the GameCasts, which is going to be an absolute struggle <laughs> with all, all the, with everything just being, you know, how slow the, the ESPN app loads and stuff. That'll be a little challenging, but I'll have to figure something out. <laughs> so have you been able to, obviously you've been looking at box scores and stuff. How much have you been able to pay attention to what Nevada's done since you left? Uh, a fair amount. It's mainly like as the games are going on, I'm not able to like see it in real time right. that much. But especially, especially because it's a six hour time difference right now. So these later games that are you know, just, you know, I have not been able to keep up with, especially the basketball. So yeah. it's usually me the next morning waking up, checking the box score. Mm. Mm. All right. So before we dig into this, like you're in Brazil, like what, what you been up to? Let's see. So I got here on Saturday. We spent the first, what was it, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. First five days pretty much just hanging out at the beach. Uh, you know, the place we were at, there's a lot of like restaurants and kind of cool stuff to check out by the water. So it's mainly, it's been nice. It's been the definition of vacation, just relaxing. So. Have, you, have, you, have you gotten sunburnt? Luckily, no, but wow. last night. For, That's an upset. Yeah, I would have I, I bet yes on that. Yes, it's going to be plus 250. <laughs> 
Oh, that would, yeah, that would be easy money. But, um, no, the one thing I did, though, last night, I don't know how it happened, but I got eaten alive by mosquitoes. So I got a mm. bunch of bug bites yesterday. So that was so I woke up this morning with a nice bunch of red bumps on my back, just nice. hoping it's not yellow fever. Fingers crossed. <laughs> How's the, the Portuguese? Uh, <laughs> it's all right. You know, I could... Give us give, give, give us something. What do you got? Uh, obrigado. That's thank you. Um, cerveja. That's what I'm saying a lot. That's beer. A lot of the words, luckily, are kind of similar to Spanish. Oh, uh, okay. So, which is, what this is always teaching me a couple, you know, the tweaks I need to know. But, yeah. um, I would, I would say good, not great. Good, not great. <laughs> okay. Well, you got the big we'll ones the, down. You got, you got we'll beer. You got beer. And I, I think that's all you need on vacation in Brazil. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. Beer, beer, more, more, more beer and thank you. There you go. Okay. Let's jump into some, <laughs> some basketball stuff. Like you said, you've been able to kind of just look at box scores, but, uh, Nevada stomped former division two program, Cal Baptist on Monday night, 90 to 55. The final score was Nevada now four in O. Just from your overview, your brief overview of looking at box score and t- Twitter and whatnot, what, what's something you took away from the game? Well, so I do remember I, this game. I actually did get to see at the very beginning, like the first five minutes, I think, is when I was it when I stopped being able to keep up with it. But I did see at one point that we were down fourteen to twelve. Yeah. So slower, slower start than you would want. But I mean, that that was the first thing I noticed before it was like, all right, fourteen twelve at home against you know, Cal Baptist. Yeah. Definitely a little surprising, but. Um, Nevada definitely, I mean, just in all sports across the board, a little notorious for slower, slower starts. <laughs> so take it, take, take it as you may, but that was my first point. Yeah. Slow start was, was certainly not, uh, great. <laughs> um, my yeah. thing, the first thing that jumped, I mean, there's, there's a couple things to take away from the game. We'll get into it, but I thought this was the best the bench has looked. And obviously you take it with a grain of salt playing a program like Cal Baptist, it's not exactly Duke. Um, but that's what you want to see in a mm-hmm. game like this. You want you want to see your bench show up. And Jordan Brown, I thought, had maybe his best game, 16 points, five boards, six of eight from the field. Jazz Johnson starting to look – I mean, it, it, he's starting to carve out a nice little role for himself. 11 points, four of six, mm-hmm. three of six – or four assists, three of six from deep. And Corey Henson, finally got to see him get involved. Eight points, two of two from deep. Him and Jazz were the only guys to make threes in that game. So playing an opponent like Cal Baptist, I thought it was good to see the bench contribute in a way that, or the, I should say the bench be as effective as it's been early in the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of my other points was, I've, well, we've talked about Trey Porter, and I've obviously had to take more of a liking to him. I think he's going to be a huge part, but you know, he put 14 points in, tied it, matched the season total, nine boards, Um so it's nice to see him, you know, have a pretty good, pretty good game. And one article I d- was reading though about it when I was type writing my notes up for the episode, I thought it not funny, but interesting is that he had made a comment that, um, I don't know how many people know, but he said he's diabetic. In his first three games, he was having some blood sugar issues and that, you know, with the nerves and, you know, new sure. team and all those kind of playing into factors. So he was saying that now he's starting to get that more honed in and making sure that that's kind of under control. So. We'll see how that goes moving forward. I miss that. That's actually really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's probably something that not a lot of people, you wouldn't really take that into consideration. Maybe just right. a new team having an off. But, yeah, he had mentioned, I mean, I obviously didn't know that he was diabetic. But then you think about it, it's like, all right, yeah, if you, I mean, your blood sugar levels are messed up, it's probably going to be you know, affecting how you're able to perform. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, 
Uh, you hit on this with it, it, it being a slow start, and it was. I mean, the first 14 minutes of that game were particularly clunky, and it's just another sign that, I mean, we talk about Trey Porter and, and having diabetic issues at the start of the season. That obviously were, is not anything we saw coming in, but we knew this team is going to take time to gel with so many new players, guys in new roles. It's just going to take some time. This was a three-point game with a 625 left in the first half before the, the big run, so... Nevada ends up winning that, that game by 35 points. Granted, yes, against mm-hmm. a bad Cal Baptist team, but it didn't play well at all for the first 14 minutes. So you can look at it two ways. You can say, man, this team really needs to find a way to start faster. Or you can say this team is starting sluggish and is still waxing people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was going, I was actually going to be talking about that. My final point was that even with the slow start, they're still beating teams by an average of 24 points. Yeah. So. I mean, that's a great way to start the season in the homestand, looking at it from a whole picture, is that they're still winning by an average of 24. And especially from a team, you know, Nevada's got a lot of hype, all these things, but it definitely helps when they're coming from a conference like the Mountain West. You know, basketball helps a little better in comparison to football, you know, so-so. But from a team that's not in a Power 5 conference, that's a great sign to start the season, you know, with a 24-point win average yeah, Nevada's not going to have, this is something Mus has talked about, Nevada's not going to have a big margin of error, you know, mm-hmm. with, yep. with playing in the Mountain West, and we'll see how many teams can get a bid. Not a great start for Mountain West. Utah State's been a surprise. But, um, yeah. you know, if you trip up in one of those games, I mean, if Nevada loses to Cal Baptist, that's going to be with them the rest of the year. Oh, and that'll and that'll weigh so much harder than any other team that's coming from, you know, the ACC right. or whatnot. right. So, been good to see Nevada kind of shake these slow starts. My last thing was Nevada shot 38 free throws. It's now shot 129 on the season. That's over 32 free throws a game. <laughs> that's a ton. I think that's in part because Nevada has so much length, and there's some teams who have no, you know, they just can't defend that length. And part of it is Nevada's athleticism. I mean, Nevada has a mm-hmm. couple pretty big advantages, especially when you're playing teams like Pacific and Cal, Bip- Cal Baptist. Out, out of the gate, but I'm, I'll be curious to see what happens now because Nevada's been at home. So this always happens in the start of college basketball season. I think Chris Murray pointed this out. There's always new emphasis. Official officials have a new emphasis this year. The NCAA has new emphasis, and so the, the officials call it like crazy the first month of the season. And you see whistle, whistle, that, whistle, 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 whistle. That's what I was, I was going to ask you about that because I was saw on Twitter the next day that it just there was a, quite a few people commenting on the uh, the amount the number of fouls called in you know this, the the this first half of the game. Yeah, I mean it wasn't it's not just Nevada. I mean for people who've been watching the Maui Invitational, by the way, go Zags, baby, knocking off Duke. How sweet is that? <laughs> but you saw a ton of the whistles on that too, so it's not just a Nevada thing. But what I'm mm-hmm. getting to is this offense has been. For spurts in every single game, we've seen it. The offense has been out of rhythm. And when it's gone, when that's happened, you've been able to see this team rely on getting to the line for offense. So what happens when Nevada leaves its home gym, when the officials calm down a little bit, and Nevada can't rely on getting to the free throw line almost every possession? So that, that's something, that's something to look at here because as the free throw totals, I'd imagine start to sink a little bit. And, and by the way, Nevada shooting just barely over 70% from the free throw line, which isn't great. Uh, certainly room to improve there. And you, you want to shoot a higher clip if you're shooting that many free throws a game. Did you have another one? 
I just had those three. Just those three. All right, football thoughts from the San Jose State game. Nevada, a 21-12 winner. Not exactly a beatdown on this here fine program. We said take the over and take Nevada minus 14 and a half, and we apologize. <laughs> Swing and a miss. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, so Nevada now 7-4, and 5-2, winners of four straight. Your Nevada football program, 7-4, and four, chance to get to eight wins in the regular season. Absolutely unbelievable year for Jay Norvell in year number two, and he's still not done. What What is something you took away while trying to figure out what happened in this game? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been the best I can. Uh, one thing was just the wrong game, Toa Tawa. I think it was two weeks ago when you mentioned that you wanted him to have a monster game or blow up, but I was looking at kind of his stat line. Still at 121 yards on 29 carries. I mean, averaging over four yards an attempt, which is great for running. Um, still had a touchdown. So not the blowout, breakout game kind of, we're still looking around, right. but I mean, it's when you're, when, it, when you're still able to, um, have the run game going like that, especially where a game, it looks like the offense was struggling. It's nice to still have that piece still be kind of shining. Yeah, no, he didn't have a bad game by any stretch. I mean, this is the second week in a row. I was really rooting for him to a breakout game because San Jose State's defense is terrible. I mean, they're in their yeah. off. Everyone who watched the game saw the offense, and it was painful to watch San Jose State on the offensive side of the ball. So, I I still think it's fair to say that twenty nine for one twenty one on a touchdown was I don't want to say disappointing, but there was a lot more opportunity there. And sticking with with with, with Toa Tawa here, I mean. You probably didn't see this. The storyline to follow this week is he left the game in the fourth quarter limping pretty heavily and did not come back. Oh, no, I missed that. So I, I haven't gone through any clippings. I've been busy this week to see what, what Jay Norvell has said about Toa Tau, but that's going to be a story to follow this week and see if, how he feels for the UNLV game. Cause if he's not in the, if he's not playing, it's obviously a blow for this offense. Um, one of the things that, that jumped out at me was, we said last week the only way San Jose State competes in this game is if Nevada overlooks San Jose State. And mm. I don't want to say Nevada overlooked San Jose State. It was kind of a weird deal. It's senior day for San Jose State, but there's 300 people in the stands, so you get a weird oxymoron going on there. Yeah, yeah. You have the smoke, so the game moves up a couple hours. So I, I don't think you can really blame the team for being kind of out of sorts going into this one. And by the way, you're playing a team with one win. So I mean, it's just, it's just hard mentally to click in for that. Yeah. That said, the team clearly sl- slept walk pretty much through the entire game, certainly through the first half. I mean, it was a seven, six game at halftime. It was 14, 12 early in the fourth. And this is a, it's a flat out bad San Jose State team. Like that, that's a bad team. And Nevada clearly played down to that level. And that's never something you want to do. If you want to be positive, you can say Nevada played as poorly as it did, played a C-plus game, that might be even generous, and still mm-hmm. found a way to win a conference game on the road. Yep. Um, That's what I was I was going to comment that on the, the road struggles and still being able to get a win there. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a step forward from where this team has been on the road in the past. Uh, worth noting as well, unfortunately, that Fresno beat San Diego State on Saturday. So Nevada's – the hopes were slim – uh, now there's zero, uh, of winning a, a conference title, but the fact we were even talking about it in late November was pretty cool. What else, uh, did you, did you see? Uh, one other thing too, I was saying is, you know, we've, t- this has been the storyline we've been talking about it every week is I don't even know how much more we can just keep continuing to praise the defense 
Because even without they the sluggish it. game, they deserve it. Dude. I mean, I was, I was looking at some of these lines. They, you know, they had 200 yards total allowed. You had 170 of it was passing, which I'm once again, everybody listening, I apologize because I didn't get to see the game, so <laughs> I didn't miss this. But I'm assuming with 170 yards passing that they were just rifling, the, trying to throw the ball on nearly every down. Because the other stat to, to complement that is that the defense only allowed 30 yards rushing. Which, yeah, it, it wasn't like San Jose State was. Uh, throwing the ball every play. They tried to run. I don't remember how, how many total run running plays they had. 29. 29 run. So they, they, <laughs> so they, they, tried, they tried to run. They just couldn't. <laughs> yeah, it's little little over a yard a yard in attempt. I mean, some of these other ones, too. You get, defense gives up an 11 first downs the entire game. The time of possession, they only had the ball for 25 minutes. So that means the defense was getting their offense off the field quickly. So just, I mean, we can keep going back to that defense because some of the numbers they're putting up are just, I mean, and all honestly, they're ridiculous that they're doing yeah. something like that. Yeah, so the total yardage in that game, Nevada outgained San Jose State 463 to 200. But it's certainly worth noting that over 100 of San Jose State's yards came in the fourth quarter. And when they went down nine, it felt like they were down 30, The way how bad their offense was. <laughs> um, I mean, they entered the fourth quarter with 97 yards. Yeah, 60-yard 60 drive all of a sudden turns into a 130-yard drive real quick. <laughs> so yeah, like it so, takes forever to get to the field. Exactly. And you hit the nail on the head there. I mean, just an absolute dominant effort from the defense again. And even the 12 points they gave up is is misleading because they did have the one touchdown that was a one-yard touchdown drive when Ty Ganji threw almost his third pick six of the year, another completely errant, errant pass. He also had a silly fumble in that one. So we talked about this team shooting itself in the foot sometimes. It was doing it earlier in the season. We saw some of that kind of rear its head. Unfortunately, in the first half, one of three in the red zone. You miss a 28-yard field goal. You get stuffed at the goal line at the end of the half. Um, Nevada, sir, I mean, it was a nine-point game. Nevada was is much better than nine points better than San Jose State, mm-hmm. if that, if that remember makes talk, sense. Remember we talked about the spread almost being a little bit of a trap game because we thought it should have been bigger? <laughs> We're so dumb that we recognized that the line was weird and still said... We don't care. Minus yeah, four, exactly. and a half, give it to me. I want, I want it. I want it. <laughs> Stupid. Did yeah, you have, I mean, do you have anything else? Yeah, my other, it was just a really quick point. It was another thing. Um, that Nevada only had three penalties for 15 yards, I saw, which, I mean, you go a whole game and give up and, you know, you, you know, surrender three penalties and for only 15 yards, that's also insane. So regardless of how the execution of the offense was, that's still penalty wise a. Yeah, it's good extremely clean game yeah. in the penalty department. So that was my last quick point. My last thing I'll say real quick here before we kick to our, our really awesome interview with Duke Williams. Uh, Spencer Pettit, he missed that, uh, or Ramiz Ahmed, I should say, he missed the short field goal in the first half. And then it was Spencer Pettit who came into the year as the starter and then lost the job right before the Portland State game. He was kicking PATs, the final two touchdowns of the game. Um, Ramiz Ahmed was still doing the kickoffs. Uh, on the depth chart, Ramiz Ahmed is listed the, as the starter this week, but it'll be inter- interesting to see if maybe Spencer Pettit is out there kicking field goals against UNLV. Um, mm-hmm. I would, I, I would probably expect that we're going to see Ramiz Ahmed, but who knows? Who knows? All right, let's kick to our interview w- with Duke Williams. Most people listening should know who Duke is. Played in Nevada from 2009 to 2012, was a fourth round pick by the Bills. Was in the league for about four years, which is above the league average. A really solid professional career. Is he done playing? Hmm. We should ask him that. He's also the CEO of No Limit Sports Lab. It's it's new to Reno. 
I hit on it a little bit in the intro. I, I don't want to get into it too much here. You guys can hear Duke explain for himself. But a, a really fun chat with Duke. Really appreciate him coming on. And uh, here's that conversation. All right, dude. Uh, pumped to get you on. I was doing some clicking around. I didn't see any press conferences or anything, anything big. So did, did you ever officially retire? I know not everyone gets to officially retire, but I guess are you still technically active? Uh, yeah, I'm still an uh, active uh, free agent. Um, you know, there's been a lot of interest with, um, you know, CFL and, uh, you know, the Buffalo Bills uh, contacted me, um, you know, early on in uh, training camp and, uh, you know, just still a little bit of interest from yeah. a few teams. So, uh, you know, I kind of keep that window open, you know, just, you know, just in case. Yeah, so you still you still feeling good? Oh yeah, yeah, I'm feeling really good. You know, I um, you know, I own a performance gym, so it's uh, it's uh, it's it's not hard to stay in shape. <laughs> I was gonna say we'll get to the gym. You don't have an excuse now. Yeah, yeah exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, so you spent three plus years up in Buffalo. Um, one of the things that sticks out with the Bills is is those fans and that fan base. How crazy are those guys? Actually, did you actually get to see how crazy they were, or do you try to keep your head down with that stuff? Oh yeah, oh yeah, man. I uh, <laughs> I was able to, you know, be a part of um, you know, the Bills Mafia and it was it was it was a great experience. Um, you know, cuz you know, growing up, you know, you don't hear about Buffalo. Right. I mean, Buffalo had their run um, you know, in the really early 90s, but I was too young to even um, you know, even be uh hip on what was going on. So, when I got there, you know, the uh, you know, fan base there was so, you know, passionate and uh they're really serious about their football. You know, we, uh, they haven't, you know, in the last, last, you know, 15 years, you know, that would really weren't, you know, successful. Right. But, uh, what, what really caught my eye was, you know, we, there, there was years where we, we would, um, you know, barely be 500, but all the stands will be sold out. You know, they'll still be sold out, uh, a sold out stadium at the Ralph. You know, even though, you know, we had a mediocre year. Right. And, uh, that's one thing that stood out to me. Yeah. Do you ever see the Four Falls of Buffalo documentary? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Say, so you gotta see it. Yeah. 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 The Circle of the Wagons. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Okay. I think that's it's probably mandatory. If you play in Buffalo, you gotta see the documentary. Yeah. Exactly, context. man. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, and another thing is the, um, their, um, Hall of Fame guys, you know, from, um, from those years, they, they still would come back and show a lot of support. I mean, all of those guys would come in and, uh, you know, just give us words of encouragement and, yeah. uh, try to, you know, be a part of, you know, what we're doing. And, and, and that, and that's something else, you know, I don't, I'm not, you know, I've been, I was with the coast for, you know, uh, you know, probably eight months, mm-hmm. but, you know, with Buffalo, it was, uh, the, the, um, the former players were really still prideful and they still were, you know, behind the team and yeah. still were, were very involved. So that's what another thing that caught my eye with Buffalo as well. Buffalo was known for having that extremely long playoff drought. They snap it last year. What was it like for you watching that, getting to see that at least? Oh man, I wanted to be a part of that so yeah, bad. I bet. I bet. <laughs> I bet. And, uh, you know, being on those teams, you know, it was kind of like, you know, whatever, whoever was a head coach at the time, you know, were, was kind of feeling the pressure of snapping, you know, the, uh, the playoff streak because, 
you know, it was been so long, and I think it was us and another franchise. Maybe I uh, forget what franchise it was. Uh, it might have been the Browns. Yeah, yeah. might have been the Browns. And uh, you know, it's like who's gonna make it to the playoffs first? And uh, yeah. and I was kind of a little bit of pressure on 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 the coach, which um, kind of you know moved down to the players. You know, right. there's pressure to get to the playoffs then. And um, you know, when we you know we we were a half game out, you know, a, a game out. And uh, we were so close, and then you know the next year they finally snap it. You know, and yeah. I was I was happy for those guys, and uh, you know I can only imagine how the city was after that. Right. So so that's something you guys actually talk about because a lot of the stuff with NFL and football, it's just so much noise in the media, and you wonder does the team actually talk about that? So you guys actually as a team, that was something you guys thought about. Well, you know, I had Rich Ryan as a head coach, and you know, uh, <laughs> he 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 was uh, really vocal about you know what he was going to do that year, what his team was going to accomplish that year. So he was really vocal with us with, uh, about snapping a um, playoff drought, you know, and he, you know, he was one of those guys that we're going to the Super Bowl this year. <laughs> so, you know, it, you know, it, you know, we had that kind of vibe going in, but you know, those guys, they actually put in the work and they actually, um, you know, done, you know, they did the um, proper preparation to, to get where they had to go. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I applaud those guys. Yeah. All right, dude. One of the real reasons I want to get you on, obviously, your gym is amazing, and we'll get to that, but your old squad's playing UNLV this week. It's one of the biggest games of the year, if not the biggest game of the year. I assume you've been paying attention this year. They've exceeded a bunch of expectations. What are your thoughts just on, on Nevada football this year? Oh, man, I feel like those guys are, are playing their butts off right now and at, and at the right time. Yeah. I feel like they uh, they uh, caught a rhythm, and uh, they're playing well as a team, and and one thing, you know, what was special about uh, our team in 2011 is uh, we we all meshed and you know we gelled and and as soon as we caught the rhythm, it was you know it, there was nothing that was able to you know uh, stop us from reaching our goal. And uh, I feel like I can sense uh, the same type of uh, atmosphere with this team, and uh, you know they can you know they can win out the yeah. rest of the season and 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 you know getting a uh, you know a pretty good bowl game. So. You know that's that's and now they they I mean they almost got twice as more what they got twice as more more wins they did last year yeah you know which is a, a goal in itself an accomplishment in itself so uh, you know I feel like those guys are you know playing up and above and beyond you know what they're expected. It's been a rough few years for the on the defensive side particularly, but the defense has been balling out this year. You got you got to be particularly proud of, of how Nevada's playing defense right now. Absolutely, absolutely, and uh, you know it was uh, the thing because I wasn't I wasn't um, in the city of Reno last year, and uh, I would come in and visit and talk to the coaches and you know see their you know hear their viewpoints on stuff and you know hey we got to be faster we got to be strong we can't be small and and weak right, <laughs> we can't be right. small and slow <laughs> and uh, you know their weight program has really you know uh, they implemented you know they they got Jaworski, uh down there they got Jordan. Uh, Simmons in there and, and those guys really uh, turn it around from a uh, physical standpoint with those guys and they're able to you can see it on the field you know um, you got um, you know their D-line you know has been the force and uh, you right. know Babers back there making plays and uh, you know they're actually uh, you know their defense you know they're kind of developed a a um, identity because yeah. they didn't have a, a identity in the last couple of years yeah no defense has been awesome to watch this year so UNOV on Saturday. Who do you hate more, Boise or UNOV? Oh man, <laughs> uh, man. So 
that, that's a hard question because <laughs> you know it's like everyone every, the, the fans get so excited about UNLV but you know we really didn't get excited about it because there was no chance they were beating us. So yeah, so you were four zero against them. You smacked yeah, them every so it time. Yeah, so it was kind of like it was kind of like you know it's it, it, they build a lot of hype around the rivalry, but we didn't look at it as a rivalry. You know when when the Boise State game came around. Now that's when you know it's like all right, it's game time. That's when you know the um the scheme, the game, the um the uh, preparation of the game. You know the scheming and 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 and, and those type of things get kind of implemented a little right. bit more those those are when practices are a little longer you know that's when you have to walk through a little bit longer and and, and you kind of have to um you know hit everything on target because if not you're gonna get beat and right. uh you know that's what that's that's what type of attitude we came in to a boise state week and uh you know for the other hand when i was at nevada you know the U, the unlv game was a rivalry game but we didn't treat it as such right <laughs> <laughs> yeah you you owned that rivalry when you were there oh uh, yeah yeah man we i've never seen i've never seen a cannon red and uh <laughs> once that cannon uh man once that cannon turned red it was kind of like a sour feeling so you know i i, I those those guys they they should feel some type of obligation you know to the guys you know, before them to uh, right. keep the cannon blue. How much? Because obviously you went on and had a certainly above average professional career to date. You know, who who knows what's going to happen in the next year or so? But how how much when you watch Nevada football or hear about Nevada football? How much do you still feel a part of it, or do you now feel a bit more removed? It's been a few years. Oh no, I, I, those guys up there, um, Zach Madonic, he's been doing a great job with uh, bringing the alumni in and, and keeping the alumni involved. Uh, with the team and, uh, you know, I played with him. So it, it's, it's, it, it kind of hits home when, you know, you have one of your former teammates, um, in the office yeah. and, uh, and, uh, you know, welcome you, welcoming you, uh, back to the games and, uh, you know, having you on the sidelines, you know, being in the locker room with those guys and, uh, you know, have, having, still being much involved with that and, and being able to, you know, come in and, and, you know, talk to the guys on the side, you know, about, you know, just um, making plays and, right. and how to be a pro and how to conduct yourself and, and, and bring those guys in and even, you know, train them and teach them the importance on, you know, how to, you know, keep your body, how to keep your body um, able to withstand, you know, a whole season, you know, all 12, 13 games. Right. Right. So we'll get to your, we'll get to your, to your gym here, but I got one last question for you about Nevada football. You got a prediction yeah. for Saturday? Oh man, it's gonna be a lot to a little. <laughs> I, I got here. Here, you want some numbers? I can give you some numbers. Throw, throw uh, some numbers, yeah. All right, I got, I got thirteen to forty-two. <laughs> thirteen to forty-two. <laughs> yeah, thirteen forty-two, Nevada. All right, a lot of people in Reno would be very okay with that score. <laughs> are, yeah. are, are you going down for the game? Oh, you know what? I was planning so. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm actually going to drive down with one of my buddies. So, um, we'll be out there for the UNLV game, man. So I hope these, those guys do us proud. Oh, no. you mean running around tailgating? Yeah. 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 Of course. All right. I'll see you out there. I'll be, I'll be tailgating yeah. as well. Yeah. Of course, man. Yeah. <laughs> let's, yeah. Let's link up. We got to make that happen. Oh, we will. We will. All right. So let's, <laughs> let's get to your gym here. So right. it, it sounds like this is an idea that you guys have had for a while, but it really was something you guys started planning for seriously not that long ago. Is is, is that accurate? Man, that's you hit it on the head. Um, you know, there's a, a lot of guys in the community, and and you know, 
some of the guys were my business owners around town. Uh, Top Notch, you know, was very involved with uh, the uh, game planning and uh, having something for the community, giving back. Mm-hmm. And uh, and this was years. This is years and years ago. You know, when I was a rookie. Right. And uh, you know, being 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 in the league, you're like, oh, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that. But you know, when you have so much stuff you have to do, and busy. You, you have to, yeah. man, you, you're so busy. And you have to report here. You got to report there. You got to be here on a certain time. You know, some of that some of that type of stuff is impossible to uh, you know accomplish while you're while right. you're playing. And uh, you know. It, you know, unfortunate, but, you know, I, I did get the time to uh, prepare and I, I got the time to um, map out a game plan and, and execute it. And I have the right pieces in place. Yeah. Uh, I have a lot of guys um, in town here in Reno who've been involved and really make this thing move for me. And, uh, you know, the, the one thing we're focusing on is, is, is helping these athletes, these student athletes. And uh, if, if they have somebody they can lean on if they have somebody they can talk to a mentor figure and someone who's been through the process already to kind of uh, guide them through their journey where they want to go is it'll make it a lot more easier and if they go into it blind so we want to be uh hands-on and we want to walk through every single step with those guys and be able to get them prepared and make them successful for the next step it's awesome it's awesome is this something you feel like you would have taken advantage of had it been there when you were going through graduating a hug Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, before, you know, before then I was holding workouts at, at hug, you know, the hug high field for free. Yeah. Know, I was working out kids and, and, and if there was a NFL vet that went to my high school and, and wanted to, you know, help me and, you know, with my, uh, you know, with my athletic skills, you know, for free, I Hell mean, yeah. he, he would have <laughs> to, he would have to ask me to go home. <laughs> so, you know, I, um, you know, I just wanted to, uh, do that and I feel like, uh, you know, someone has to do it in the community, yeah. you know, and why not be me? So, uh, you know, this is team I have around me, you know, uh, Sid Halu, um, you know, our, um, video, uh, personnel, uh, notice, you know, we have, uh, uh, former, um, um, uh, was it, uh, Kansas, uh, Kansas, um, Jayhawk in the building he's our uh academic resource manager so you know we have a lot of former athlete we have i have two nfl veterans on staff former nevada players as well so you know we have we have a really really unique team that's dedicated to working and changing these kids lives so the gym is no no limit sports lab a couple questions one how we come up with a name and two you were starting a, a huge business. What's been the biggest challenge of getting the business off the ground? Oh man! So, um, No Limit Sports Lab was something I came up with because we're 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 mixing the academic portion with the athletic portion, and you know having sports in a lab, you know, yeah. in the same facility doesn't happen often, and we wanted to kind of be unique and um, how how we how we how we operate and uh you know the name is unique in itself so we kind of we kind of you know take pride in in our name because being a gym is kind of watered down and you know there's a lot of gyms in town right and we don't want to you know consider ourselves a gym you know we're a lot more than that we provide you know um you know services you know to change kids lives mm-hmm. and uh you know it, it's uh you know we kind of want to you know put put you know use that as a badge yeah of. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, and, uh, your other question, what was your other question? 
how hard has it been getting that business thing off the ground? Oh man. <laughs> so, you know, um, you know, me, me being a ball player and, uh, you know, I had the mindset of, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to get a gym. <laughs> you know, I'm going to get people in there. I'm going to train. Yep. <laughs> I'm going to train. <laughs> oh, man, was I in for a rude awakening. Um, it's it's just so much that goes into it. And, right. you know, owning a business and, and, and operating a business and owning a successful business is is, is a whole nother thing. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, every minute you have to give to your business and being able to uh, being a, be, be able to be successful. But the one, one X factor is uh, having – people around who are good at what they do oh yeah because you know i'm i'm, I'm not an awesome accountant I'm, I'm i don't i don't know not yet at least to, yeah yeah you know <laughs> what i mean and, and and you know there's people who um are involved in the community and have uh, stronger ties in the community there's people who um manage money better there's people who engage with uh social media better you know yeah. and there's you know you have to you have to be able to humble yourself and, and be able to um have the right people around you um, to uh, actually operate and be successful. So that's one thing I learned is to learn how to delegate and be able to um, do what you're good at. You know, right. just in just with sports, they tell you, hey, whatever you're good at, do that. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, we're yeah. not going to ask you to do what you're not good at. But, you know, whatever, whatever you're good at, we want we want to see you do it. And, and, and I'm, I'm going to do what I'm good at. I'm going to train. And I'm gonna guide these kids on their athletic journey, yeah. and then I and then I'll have the academic um, personnel do the academic part, mm-hmm. and, and you know I have everyone play their their role, and that's what gets you know the the, the ship moving. Right. So uh, you know that's one thing I learned out of business that uh, you know I had to kind of adapt to. Yeah, no question. Can't do it all yourself. So, exactly. Good, good, you can recognize that. Um, what's what's been the the feedback from the community? Oh, it's been, it's been positive. Uh, you know, since I've been back, we have, uh, 11 guys on division one football scholarships. Um, wow. you know, from, from our seven on seven team and just training and, and, and running camps and, and participating in different camps, you know, around the region. And, uh, you know, just this football season, all of our, uh, Reno Heat No Limit Sports Lab members have been getting offers or, uh, interest from different colleges and, wow. uh, you know, that's been a real, um, a push for us to, uh, you know, keep it going. And, uh, you know, it, being in the city of Reno and, uh, and owning a small business and being a Nevada alumni and, uh, you know, uh, making the best out of my, uh, situation, uh, you know, coming from HUD high school. Yeah. Um, I think the city recognizes that. And I think the city, uh, wants to see me succeed. And I want just just like I want to see these athletes succeed, and yeah. I think it's a Reno helping Reno thing. And I believe, uh, you know, I moved back here. Um, move, me moving back here is a great decision, and uh, I don't regret regret it at all. Nice. So um, you, you mentioned a bunch of kids on D1 scholarship, and, and I, what you're doing is going to give a ton of exposure to some some dudes in Reno because there are starting to be some dudes in Reno. And I, I want to get to that, but I want to circle back real quick before we move on. You've mentioned a few times the academic center, and that is partly what makes you guys unique. So, why was that important to you? Why did you want to incorporate that? Well, uh, growing up, uh, coming from Hug High School, um, there's um, my cousin Courtney Gardner uh, was, you know, my teammate, and um, he was alongside me in every sport I played. And uh, you know, being a uh, athlete to to um, letter in every single sport and have 
uh, a division division one scholarship offer in track football and basketball. Um, you know, you know, you you would say I'm, I, I was one heck of an athlete, uh, but when when I look at him, he's he's the twice the athlete I was ever. Wow. And uh, he he um, didn't get that opportunity I got uh, due to academics. And, uh, you know, that that really hit home. And mm-hmm. because I, I know, you know, um, you know, you have uh, you know, you have Julio Joneses and, 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 and DeAndre Hopkins. But me playing against those guys, um, the, the, Courtney is the best receiver I ever played against to this wow. day. And, uh, and, and, and just, 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 just that situation, you know, which still affects him, affects him today. Um, you know, I want to kind of prevent that because, you know, he's right. just one of the names. Yeah. He's just one of the names. And, and, you know, coming from Hug High, there was a lot of great athletes I, I've came across and like some of the best athletes don't make it. Mm-hmm. And, 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 uh, you know, I want to be able to, just deliver a resource and deliver a helping hand because it's easily preventable. And these, these, there needs to be something, someone to push these kids and there needs to be someone, uh, to have a voice that's been there. And if I can do that, if I can be that voice, then my job is, you know, complete. Yeah. Awesome, dude. So you got, you got your gym now. Reno is certainly growing in terms of population. And as as I mentioned, we've had some guys go on to big programs now with Brandon Cajo and Kate McNamara and we'll see who's next. What, what, what do you make of, of the future for, for Reno sports? Cause it certainly feels like it's going in a, in the right direction. Well, of course. And, and that, with that being said, uh, the city is getting bigger. It's expanding. We're right. getting, um, we're getting, you know, people from California, Washington, Utah, and, um, you know, all around the Western region. And I feel like, you know, in this next year, it, it'll double. And, yeah. and, and I feel strongly about that because, um, they're realizing the seriousness and they're realizing that, you know, this game can, you know, change my life. Yeah. And, uh, and it's not just a hobby anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I feel like, you know, what, uh, No Limit Sports Lab is doing is, um, you know, we're, we're, preaching to these athletes that you know this is a full-time this is a full-time job right and uh you know if you want to if you want to get the edge on the next athlete you know you have to kind of you have to kind of perfect your craft and uh it's not only your perspective sport your respective sport it's it's in the classroom as well mm-hmm. so i think uh you know with 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 what uh no lemon is doing and, and the growth of reno the combination is 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 going to be uh you know key to success for uh northern nevada yeah. athletes you know coming forward do you have your your eyes on a couple kids yet who are going to be maybe the next couple of guys carrying the flag for northern nevada oh man yeah yeah and there's even there's even some seniors that are um balling you know there's some seniors who who still aren't uh on 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 the map uh yet you know and they should be yeah. uh you know, you have um, you have DJ from Minogue. He's uh, he has he he has Odell ability. You know, he has Odell ability, I, and, and I see it. You know, and, and yeah. you have to have an eye for it. And there there's uh, you know there's a few other guys here in town. You know that I'm like I look at I'm like wow. You know, and 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 being you know being able to you know I played in the Senior Bowl. You know, I right. played in a um, you know I I I, pl- I played against some of the best athletes in the world and, and me being able to be blessed to do so and have the eye to um, kind of detect like oh man this kid has he has a future you know all he needs to do is tweak this and tweak that yeah and uh you know and and then he's on his way 
And, uh, you know, we just want to give them the tools to showcase that. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited about the years coming. I'm excited about this year, seven on 17. Um, it seems like it's, it's just growing, you know, and, and, and like you said, uh, you know, Brandon kind of carried the torch for um, a lot of other uh, kids in Northern Nevada. You know, right. it's like it's possible. It's possible. And and I feel like these athletes are are believing now. They're believing that, you know, it's 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 a dual it's a doable uh, task to, uh, you know, go division one, go to these yeah. Michigans and go to these Notre Dames and 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 and, and um, Ohio States. You know, it's possible. Yeah. And, uh, you know, me being a kid sitting at high school, um, you know, hanging out after practice and, and, and just being one of those guys in the area, you know, doing it, you know, you can do it also. Right. And, uh, and, uh, you know, that's, they just need to hear that. That's, that's a start. And, you know, we're going to give them tools, but it's all up to them, you know, to, uh, showcase that. Awesome. Dude, J is going to be awesome. It's going to be, it's certainly going to be an amazing thing for high school athletes up there. Um, so before we get out of here, plug your stuff. How do people find you guys on social media, find you online? Maybe there's just someone listening and they want to start going to the gym. Oh yeah. Yeah. We're, uh, we're, we're doing team, we're doing team workouts now. You know, a lot of, a lot of, um, athletes and parents, uh, you know, we, we, we have a lot of things we all have to offer and, mm-hmm. uh, we have programs, group programs to where, you know, it's cost friendly. And, uh, we, I just want to be able to uh, get involved and, uh, be able to help. Uh, we're doing team workouts. So if, you know, a whole team or club team wants to come in, you know, and group stuff, you know, it'll be, a, you know, more cost efficient for them. Um, you know, our ac- academic center is nonprofit. It's open for everyone in the community. Whatever athlete wants to come in and utilize our um, our um, facility to uh, get school work done, it's open. Um, you know, we just come in, drop in, and check us out. Uh, you can find us on um, our website is nlsportslab.org. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at No Limit Sport Lab, and you can find us on Twitter at NL Sports Lab as well so uh just come in and check us out and see what we have to offer um we're excited about helping you know your your son or daughter you know and their um their next step in uh you know their academic and athletic future so uh you know we're, we're just uh you know open arms and uh we're excited excited about you know the task at hand great uh, awesome stuff dude good luck with, with the gym that's got to be a blast and uh we'll talk to you later Yeah, thank you. Appreciate you. Okay, let's jump into our UNLV preview. It's here. One of the bigger games of the year, regardless. I mean, Duke would tell you maybe Boise, but a lot of people in Reno will always get fired up. Most people in Reno will always get fired up for this game. 6.30 kick on CBS Sports Network. Bro, I'll let you go first. What's, What's something we need to know about the Rebels? Um, I looked at one. It was just the stat. It was okay. So the starter, Armani Rogers, he missed six games earlier this year with a foot injury. Right. Um, it's been 22 years since the same quarterback has started every game of a season for the Rebels. I saw that too. Isn't that bananas? That is absolutely bonkers. That you you can't. I mean, obviously you can't control it, but to go 22 years, it just seems that that's pretty bizarre. That. You've been that unlucky, you would say, right. to go that long without having a quarterback start every game of the season. Yeah, that's 
that's a pretty brutal stretch. And also, it's pretty indicative of, of UNLV football <laughs> the last 22 years. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, throw another guy. Th- you gotta throw other guys in the mix. I mean, yeah. obviously things have not, they're not winning national championships. They're throwing other guys in the games. Yeah, UNLV, not quite a national contender. Not, <laughs> not quite. Not quite. Yeah. Oh, just, just missed the boat. <laughs> so the Rebels are three and eight, one and six this year. A couple weeks ago, they pulled off the upset of the Mountain West season when they went to San Diego State and won that game. But as we talked about in the preview shows, we talked about during San Diego State week, this isn't the same San Diego State team. Regardless, you know, if you went on the road and beat a San Diego State team, which is going to be impressive. But they backed it up last week by absolutely choking at Hawaii. They led 21-3 early. They led 28-13 in the fourth, and they ended up losing 35-28. <laughs> they found a way to lose that game. Cole McDonald actually got benched, Hawaii starting quarterback. A freshman came in, and then it was the freshman who mounted the comeback and beat UNLV. So insult to injury. In a crazy stat, you had a crazy stat there, but UNLV's quarterbacks, or lack thereof. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if, lack thereof. Against Hawaii, UNLV was looking to win back-to-back road conference games for the first time since what season? You got a guess? Oh man, I'm gonna guess. Well, if they're going 22 years switching quarterbacks up, uh, I'm gonna say 1999. 1994 was the last time UNOV won back to back road conference games. Oh, that's games. so bad. That's brutal. <laughs> it's been 24 I years. Being a UNOV fan. Ugh. <laughs> uh, all right. What, what else? You get, you? you get a road. You get a. You get a. You get a. You, you get a road conference win. If you're a fan, you're like, all right, pack up shop. We're not winning the next road one. <laughs> yeah, literally. Uh, my for, next, for a my quarter next, decade, that's been the case. My next. Or quarter of a quarter century. Decade. I mean, that's. Quarter of a century, I meant to say. Quarter, yeah, quarter, quarter of a century. That means, yeah, I was one years old, one year old. I was a one year old the last time they, they won back to back road <laughs> conference games. That's brutal. Uh, <laughs> There, the other one, I had a quick stat on the running back, Lexington Thomas. So this is kind of a bright side of the, of their offense. Yeah. Right now, he's currently sitting second in the Mountain West, and he's 31st in the country, averaging just under 100 yards a game. Um, you know, he's the second player in school history to run it for at least 500 yards in four different seasons, which especially now, how college football, a lot of guys bounce into the NFL. UNOV, maybe not, isn't the Bama that's producing guys doing a lot of, you know, being in there for two years when I'm taking off, but. Right. For four seasons rushing for at least 500 yards, that's pretty impressive because, you know, he's got to be doing that when he's at least 18, maybe 19 if he redshirted, depending. So I thought that stat was pretty impressive from the offensive side. Yeah, you can't talk UNLV without talking about Lexington Thomas because he clearly is the strength of this team. This is a UNLV team that wants to run the ball. This is the, this is their identity. This is what they want to do, especially when they have Armani Rogers in there. Um, and we'll get to UNLV's quarterback situation here in a little bit. But as a team, UNLV is averaging just shy of 225 rushing yards a night. That's 22nd in the entire country. They average ballpark five yards a touch. That's number two in the Mountain West, and that's largely because of what Lexington Thomas does night in and night in and night out. He's an absolute beast. He's averaging 5.2 yards a carry, and he has 12 touchdowns. That's number three in the Mountain West. And it's his senior day. This is his last time playing at Sam Boyd, so you know he's going to be fired up, especially playing against Nevada. So he, he he's a guy to watch in this one for certain. Did you have another one? Yeah, my last one was just because UNLV is not bowl eligible. Like you said, it's senior night. It's the in-state rivalry that – 
you know, there isn't really much at stake here besides pride for UNLV. Oh yeah. So, and just for how bad the season's been for them, it'll just, it'll be, uh, it's definitely a pump yourself up game because you're not, I mean, you're not playing for anything other than, I mean, you got the cannon obviously, but you're not playing to get any postseason at games. I'm not worried about UNLV lacking motivation in this one. Like this is their Super Bowl. This yeah, that's a good point. This is it. Uh, we mentioned Lesnar Thomas in the ground game being solid. Defensively, that's just not the case for this team. They have issues over there, all over the place. They played a little bit better the last couple games, but in their first five Mountain West games, they gave up 41 plus. And there were, there were a couple 50 burgers. <laughs> that's there. so bad. That's I mean, they were, so they were bad. just getting shredded all over the place. Uh, they gave up over 200 rushing yards a game. That's 96th in the country. They gave up 160 passing yards a game, which actually isn't that many. That might be a typo. Might be supposed to be 260, but either way, they're 105th in the country in passing yards per game. They gave up 38 points per game. That's 118th in the country. So that's damn near last in the entire country. As I mentioned, they played a little bit better the last couple weeks at San Diego State. That's an offense that struggles. And at Hawaii, that's another offense that's been struggling after a really hot start to the season. So, um, as good as UNLV is at running the ball defensively, that's just not the case even a little bit. Do you have another one? No, those are mine. The last thing I'll, I'll hit on here is, uh, I mentioned it briefly, the quarterback spot is going to be interesting to follow, the quarterback situation, I, I should say. You hit on Armani Rogers, missed six weeks. He came off the bench last week. I can't get over I think it was last year. I forget which publication it was, was billing Armani Rogers as the next Cam Newton. <laughs> Dude's big. He's 6'5". He's a beast. He, he, 6'5", 225. He's, he's more or less a running back at the quarterback position because he's this year he's completing 42% of passes. And that's Ooh. just really not good. But he runs for 122 yards a game. So, like I said, he, he's really a running back back there. So, him coming off the bench last week in Tony Sanchez's presser this week, he wouldn't commit to one guy or the other. Wouldn't say who was going to start, whether it's me, him, or, or Max Gilliam, who's been the guy since Armani went down. And he's played serviceably we'll say that he's completing 55 percent of passes 13 touchdowns to eight picks so he hasn't lit it up but he hasn't been terrible either um mm-hmm. just certainly not the runner that armani rogers is who's your favorite player on the rebels roster who'd you find none i don't support nevada southern <laughs> that's where i went no okay. favorite players i don't like any of them <laughs> that's fair that's fair. I, I found I found a guy that I got really excited about. Junior place kicker Dorian Nadich. I think that's how you say his last name. Do, oh, do you want okay. to guess where Dorian's from? Dorian Nadich. Um, he's gonna sound like he's from across across one of the oceans. Uh, I'm gonna guess he's from. It's gonna be something really uh, France or something like that. I don't know. He's born in the Congo. Whoa. There's a curveball. So there, I did a little clicking around. There aren't a lot of NCAA Division One football players from the Congo. Um, there have been a few in years past, even a couple guys that made it to the league, um, but not a ton. And Dorian is listed at five four one fifty five. That is tiny. It's not big. I would <laughs> I would venture to say that's going to be one of the shorter players. In NCAA Division One football, uh, he's a walk-on. It's a, a safe guess. 
but pretty cool for Doran. I mean, he's he's from the con. He, he went to high school in somewhere on the East Coast, I, I believe. So it wasn't mm-hmm. like he came straight from the Congo. But you're five four. You're from the Congo. You're playing NCAA Division One football. Props to Dorian. I think that's cool. Hey, against all odds. I, I don't think we're going to see him though. As I mentioned, he, he has not played this year, or I don't think he's played a snap in his career. But either way, playing college football, pretty cool. Uh, keys to victory for you in this one. Um, especially coming off the slow start against San Jose State, channeling the rivalry kind of weak emotions because obviously when you're playing your in-state rival, it's, and for them especially, it's their Super Bowl, so they're going to be pumped. But just figuring out a way to get back to the way how it was before last week, I guess, making sure execution's going well. Don't lose sights on the bigger picture. You know, we're not obviously Mountain West being we're not going to be playing for the Rose Bowl. We're not fighting to get into some crazy bowl. So just kind of don't lose focus on what we need to do. Go to Vegas and, you know, just have the offense what do what the offense has been doing and basically just kind of figure a way to, I guess, move past the last weekend and get into, you know, back into the mindset of how it was a couple weeks ago when we were fighting to get into the bowl contention yeah. games. Yeah, you, you wonder a little bit if part of the San Jose State uh, lull, we'll put it that way, was them looking forward to this game. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not worried at all about this team lacking focus going into this one, them lacking drive. I mean, this is UNLV. I mean, ev- everyone knows what this game means. So I'll kind of segue that into one of mine, which is I want to see this team start better. Uh, as I mentioned, Nevada sleptwalked through most of the San Jose State games, certainly at least the first half, and got away with it. Now, UNLV is not a juggernaut, but it's better than San Jose State. It's senior night. It's a night game. There's going to be emotions flying. I don't know that if Nevada will be as fortunate if it plays the same way it did against San Jose State against UNLV. I don't think it has that luxury. As we mentioned, San Jose State stinks. So start mm-hmm. fast. Get out to an early lead. We've mentioned this stat a couple times on the show, but Nevada's 8-1 under Jay Norvell when leading at the half. 6-0 and this year. On the other side this year for UNLV, when trailing at the half, they're 1-6. and So pretty good indicator which way the game is going to go. Um, depending on who's up at halftime, I want to see this team start better this week. What do you got? What else you got? I'll be curious. My last one's more of a statistic of what's been going, uh, you know, of history between this rivalry. When do you think the last time was that we lost in Vegas? Even when it with with Polian here, we won both times down here. Mm-hmm. Both the losses were up in Reno. I don't know when was the last time. It was on October second, two thousand four. Wow. Yeah, so it's been been quite a while. So that was kind of my other key is just keep the tradition rolling. Even like you just mentioned, we have had have had some struggles pulling area, those type of things. But we still found ways to win in Vegas, and yeah. I mean, just keep keep history on our side. We talked about Lexington Thomas, and I think this game, yeah, we want to see, we want to see Nevada start faster. But I think what Nevada does with Lexington Thomas is going to be really indicative of how the game ends up playing out. Because he is who UNLV wants to get going. He is their horse. Rebels are a run-first team. They're not nearly as effective throwing the ball, especially when Armani Rogers is back there. Only Air Force in Wyoming throw for less yards per game in the Mountain West than UNLV. It's just not a passing team. And those are two offenses that can't Don't throw pass. the ball, especially Air Force. So Nevada has to slow Lexington Thomas, has to slow Armani Rogers if he does play. I mean, I think we'll see him play. We'll see how much he ends up playing. Force UNLV to throw the ball, win on first and second down, put them in third and medium, third and long, and that's the winning formula against this UNLV team. 
And it's good. That's gonna be a really fun matchup in this one. That's strength versus strength. Lexington Thomas, Armani Rogers, UNLV run game against this Nevada run defense, which is now 24th in the country, allowing 127 rushing yards a game. That's it. 24th in the country. A couple years ago, this team was 124th, 129th, whatever it was. They were dead last. However many teams were playing D1 football then. So that's gonna be a really fun matchup to watch in this one. Um, but you really got a key on Lexington Thomas. Do you have another one? Guys had those two. The last thing I'll say about this game, I really dug deep for. It. I really just wanted to. <laughs> I found this stat and I really just wanted to use it. Nevada's gonna yeah, jump on. I had to find a way to. <laughs> yeah, Nevada's gonna have to jump on some on some fumbles Saturday night. So you Nevada and UNLV are both tied for 18th in the country with 10 fumbles recovered. So they're both one of the better teams in the country, not only at forcing them but jumping on them. Um, that was just a funny stat that I wanted to use. It's a lot of fumble recoveries. It is a lot. What do you got for prediction? Well, so I was looking at it and I was thinking, the one thing that the, I mean, looking at the sports betting angle, well, we'll get into that, but what people tend to do, myself included, is overreact to previous games. Yep. So you would, yep, so you would think that, you know, maybe Nevada's not as good as they're gonna think, do, cause they couldn't perform as well against San Jose State. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think Nevada wins pretty soundly. 35-20 is my my score. 35-20? Mm-hmm. So there was a great stat that, that Chris Murray dug up. Second shout-out for Chris Murray on the, on the show so far. A great stat from him in this matchup, because there's the cliche and rivalries, and Jay Norvell said in the presser earlier this week, is that when it's a rivalry game, you can throw out the records. Throw out the records. They don't matter. It's a rivalry game. Well, not really. At least not on this one. The team with the winning record is 32 and six head to head in this rivalry. Oh God! So that, that's a pretty good stat for Nevada going this one. You mentioned Nevada hasn't come down to, to Vegas and lost in quite a while. Nevada's looking to win. If it wins this game, it'll win at least eight games for the first time since 2010. So been a while since winning that many games, and then we'll obviously have a shot at number nine in a bowl game. I mentioned this is going to be strength for strength when UNLV is running the football against this run defense. But even if UNLV can run the ball with some success on Saturday night, Nevada has a decided advantage offensively against this UNLV defense. So I like I like Nevada. I think it's going to be closer than some people might expect. Rivalry game, although we have seen some beatdowns in this matchup in years past. I'm going to go 33-28. So I think it's going to be a one-score game, but I still got Nevada going on the road and, and pulling this one out. Betting angle. What do we got? Uh, well, last I checked, Nevada up favored by 13 points, so we love to see that. Over under 62 and a half. Um, last week, <laughs> you and I were both offers on the predict on the the betting side. Got rough. absolutely absolutely hammered. So we, you know, obviously we're fond of taking the overs as every sports better is. <laughs> but the stats I got for everybody this week are not going to be kind for the overs. Just mm-hmm. a little heads up, heads up. But here we go. So the under is 4-0 in the Wolfpack last four after accumulating more than 280 yards passing in their previous game. Okay. The under is 4-0 in the Wolfpack last four after accumulating more than 450 total yards in the previous game. The under is 5-0 in the last five while allowing less than 275 yards total in the previous game. Under is 5-0 in the Rebels' last five after allowing less than 100 yards rushing in the previous game. Unders 4-0 in the Rebels' last four in November. Unders 4-1 in these in these two head-to-head in their last five. 
Um, the one nugget we got is the over is four and one in the last five meetings in Vegas. But okay. looking at it from a spread, looking at it from the spread wise, um, the Rebels are 0 six in their last six home games versus a team with a winning record. And then lastly, the road team is four and one against the spread in the last five meetings. So UNLV is 0 and six against the spread in its last six against teams with a winning record. Mm-hmm. You can't cover yep. once for your boys. That's rough. Can't can't do it. But yeah, so all the all the stats I'm looking at there are, I mean, not heavy on Nevada, but they're favoring Nevada, but they are heavy on the under. For a two teamer, the favorite and the under is like one of the hardest things to hit because that margin of error it, is so small. It's so it's terrible when you do that when you take the favorite and the under, and then like you know that when a team scores. Even though like they're gonna win, it's still not possible for you to win because even if your team that you want, you know, need to help right. cover the spread, once they score, then it goes over. It's just a complete yeah. nightmare, yeah. and it's the worst thing to do. It's the yeah. worst. That's not a fun bet. Yeah, the favorite, te- the favorite in the under. Okay, let's jump into some basketball stuff. Nevada hoops four and zero down here in Vegas this week playing Tulsa Thanksgiving Day at one o'clock. So this will be old news for some. Hopefully, a lot of you guys are listening to this Thanksgiving morning. Or Thanksgiving early afternoon. The game airs on Fox Sports 1. What did you learn about Tulsa? Well, so I thought it was pretty interesting that from the team, you know how many college collegiate basketball schools there are, and especially in the beginning year, everybody's playing everybody. I just thought it was pretty bizarre. One, Tulsa's undefeated. Yep. So you got two undefeated teams going at each other. But Tulsa has also played two teams that Nevada's played, which I thought was interesting. But they got wins over Alcorn State, South Carolina State. They have also played Cal Baptist, and they've played Arkansas Little Rock. But when they played Baptist, they won 82-79, so only won by three. We obviously won by 35. And when they played Little Rock, they won by 10, 88-78. And we won by nearly 30, 28 in that as well. So do you want to sound stupid? Yeah, I'm, I'm waiting for it. Did they not play them? No, they did play them, but it's not weird. It's part of this uh, continental tire invitational holiday classic, whatever they're calling it. So it's mm-hmm. a bunch of teams playing in one event. So obviously they're going to have some common opponents in that event. I am claiming fault that I'm out of the country and my resources are limited. You don't, you don't speak English. You didn't, you didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> Go with that. No, excuse no, no hablo English. <laughs> yeah. That, that was the first thing I pointed to as well, though. Like it's, it's rare that you do get to see this early in the season playing non-conference that you're playing a team with two common opponents in your fifth game. Um, but as you mentioned, pretty big disparity between Cal Baptist and Little Rock, the two outcomes, um, when they're playing Nevada as opposed to when they're playing Tulsa. Tulsa 4-0, so this is the fourth time this year already Nevada's playing a team with a, with a zero in the loss column. Has taken out the first three, obviously. Ken Palm, still not a huge believer in Tulsa. Um, I checked yesterday, they were 127. So this is likely going to be a quadrant three, three game for the NCAA evaluation tool, whatever that thing is going to end up being. Better than a quadrant four game. Um, so yeah. Some common opponents, but Nevada has won soundly in those games. What, what else do you got know about Tulsa? Yeah. Uh, I just got from behind the arc shooting. So Nevada has been getting better at that with you know deep, their opponents not scoring as well from mm-hmm. behind the line. Mm-hmm. They're already shooting 32% from behind the three-point line, so they're already having their own struggles. Yeah. Um, and they're, uh, the guy who's leading their squad is Daquan or Daquan Jeffries. Yep. But he's leading the team with 38%. Um, 
So good, not great, but yeah, yeah they're as as a, as a unit, they're struggling from behind the three point line. Yeah, this isn't a Tulsa team that wants to shoot a lot of threes. It's clearly not a strength of this team. This, they they want to attack the rim and play down low. You mentioned they're shooting thirty two percent. They've they've only they're only shooting seventeen threes a game. So it's not like they're shooting a ton of threes and missing them. They're just not shooting a ton. Um, that's compared with Nevada shooting 26 threes a game, and they're shooting 37%. So Nevada shooting almost 10 more threes a game than Tulsa is. But they are shooting 49% from the field. So they're, they're getting, they're, not only are they getting the ball down low, they're shooting the ball effectively. For comparison, Nevada shooting 46% from the field. So Nevada much better from deep. Tulsa a little bit better from the field. This is also a Tulsa team, by the way. It's kind of the nature of the beast when you play down low and you're bumping around, you're going to get some foul calls. They shoot a ton of free throws. So this, this is kind of a funny stat between the two teams. Tulsa has made 91 free throws on 130 attempts. Nevada has made 90 free throws on 129 attempts. So, <laughs> That's so, so, so great. So Tulsa shot one more free throw and made that free throw than Nevada has this year. Pretty identical. Sure. Jerks. So we, there, there's a possibility, hope it's not the case, there's a possibility this turns into a free throw contest. Yeah, going back and forth. Yeah. What else do you got? Uh, the last one is just building off that, their, you know, results from last season. Um, they finished fourth in the American Athletic Conference um, behind Cincinnati. Hey, hey, Nevada. We yeah. know those guys. He's, we know them. So they finished behind Cincinnati, Houston, and then Wichita State. They're 12 and 6 in their conference, 19 12 overall. But the one other thing I really liked is that last year they, you know, we're gonna hopefully build off of this. They were 0 and 3 versus AP top 25. Mm. So last year struggled against teams that were, you know, nationally ranked and everything. Yeah. But so that was my last one, just building off to see how their squad will redeem themselves from last year's performances against top 25. They have two studs. You mentioned one of them, Daquan Jeffries, six five, senior shooting guard slash. Small forward. He's averaging 15 and 6 this year. He's shooting 58% from the field. He's 7 of 18 from deep. He's the only guy who shot from deep with any sort of quantity. Everyone else is, I think the most behind him is someone shot 8 free throws or 8 three pointers. So 2 a game for them. They also have Martins Igbanu, 6'8 junior forward from Nigeria. He's averaging 14 and 6, shooting 61% from the field. I think he only has like one three-point attempt, so he, he's not a threat from deep at all. He likes to throw some elbows down low. That's how he makes his money. Uh, and I will say this as well for Tulsa. They got six guys averaging more than seven points per game. So they, they are, they do have some balance. It's like they're going to just one or two guys. Um, they have a number of guys who are at least capable of putting the, the basketball in the basketball hoop. Who is your favorite player on the other roster? Well, I won't get too into it because you already said it. Martin's Igbanu. That was okay. my guy. Huge. And he's from Nigeria as well. So I yeah. thought that was kind of interesting being from you know, over in Africa. But yeah, the kind of little quick thing I saw is he's a two year letter winner. He appeared in 63 games, 40 starts. Like you said, averaging seven, a little over seven points a game. So that's a big boy. I mean, 6'8", 235. He's yeah. pretty big. But that's who I found. That's a, that's the Jordan Caroline mold right there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the guy I found was 6'1", senior guard Sterling Taplin. So he's not a big scorer, but he's an important piece for this team. He entered the year 19th in program history for assists um, with 275. I'm sure he's climbed that ladder now. He's at 28 assists to just five turnovers. So that's pretty good assist to turnover ratio. 
He's averaging uh, 10 points per game, so he is still scoring um, as well as, as getting looks for guys. He's from New York. Uh, a game his senior year in high school, he played 27 minutes. Guess how many points he scored? He played 27 minutes? Playing 27 minutes. Guess how many points he scored? I'm going to say he had lights out. He went 27 points. 45 points in 27 minutes of a high school game. That is bonkers. That's basically a bucket a minute. Yeah, that's pretty intense. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's gnarly for 27 minutes. That's crazy. His favorite TV show? Real Husbands of Hollywood. Okay, I hate him. <laughs> I did not know that was a TV show until I saw that in his bio. No idea. And there's people who watch it. Not good and not great. And they play basketball for Tulsa. Very interesting. That's what they're bringing to the table, apparently. <laughs> All right, what do you got for keys to victory? Uh, mental strength. First road game, always going to be a challenge, um, especially with it's been talked about a lot, is that this is the start of a long road trip. It needs to be a little over a month before they go back to go back to Lawler. Well, it's not a road trip. They're not on the road the entire time, but they well, just won't have any home games during that stretch. Yeah, that, that's what I meant, is that they're not going to have any home games during this period of time. Yeah. So it'll just be interesting. Like we've said, you know, they've had some early struggles, whether it being, you know, slow starts, missing threes. So now switch it to where you don't have the crowd factor to your side and everything. So the mental strength will be the key, my first key. They're going to have to really toughen in. We've talked about, we talked about a lot during football season. Well, you did specifically in Keys to Victory. Uh, we talked about it a little bit this week. How is Nevada, whether it's football or basketball, how is it going to start games? Uh, the slow start against Cal Baptist didn't hurt because it was Cal Baptist. And the slow start against BYU didn't hurt because both Nevada just looked bet- was the better team in the second half. But eventually, a slow start is going to be something this team can't overcome when you start playing some better competition. And th- that's this key stretch of games for Nevada. And this really is about to be a key month for Nevada in terms of building that non-conference schedule and giving yourself some breathing room come come March. I want to see this team start playing better in the first 10 minutes um, because you're not always going to play Cal Baptist. You're not always going to play a Tulsa. This isn't a bad Tulsa team. They're, they're 4-0. So I, I would like to see this team play better out of the shoot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of brushing up on a little thing you mentioned, but – I want to see him heat up from the three-point range early. Um, we have seen where BYU was able to stay in the game. You got, you know, Little Rock. All these teams are able to kind of at least hang in there a little bit just because, especially with the three-point woes. And, you know, sometimes it's hard to get the crowd going when you're, you know, bricking threes and not, you know, not draining them consistently. So that would be my, my other part, too. And then touching back up to what I said originally, it's like you're on the road. It's going to be harder. Hit some threes early, kind of get in that rhythm and groove that that yep. will be another, you know, facet of the game that you'll be able to use your advantage. Nevada's got to make its free throws on this one. I already mentioned that both teams shoot a ton of free throws, basically the same amount of free throws a game. They're averaging basically 42 free throws a game each. I hope it doesn't turn into a free throw contest, but if it does, you're going to have to make them. Both teams shooting basically 70%, so that could be something to look at in this one. Hopefully not, but According to the first four games for both teams, it would suggest that we're going to see a fair share of free throws. Mm-hmm. You got another one? Those are my two, those are my two keys. My last one is that I've got to protect the rim. 
Uh, Tulsa is a team that likes to play in the paint. They like to go down low. Jordan Brown, Trey Porter, Trayshawn Thurman, maybe even Jordan Caroline, those guys are going to have their, their hands full against this Tulsa team attacking the rim. Um, so defensively, down low, that's going to be something to look at also in this one. What do you got for a prediction? Um, I'm going to keep it a little bit closer than the 24-point win average uh, for the, these first four home games, but I'm going to say 85-69 Nevada. 85-69, so you got a 16-point game. you got a 16-point win. This is probably the best team Nevada's played since BYU. Uh, you could maybe throw Tulsa in there with Pacific. They're probably in the same conversation at least. But looking at the two common opponents these teams have in Cal Baptist and Little Rock, it's hard to see anything other than a comfortable win. Uh, mm-hmm. we've, we've seen this team play in the tournament, this tournament before, and there's like 400 people in the stands. <laughs> so it's going to be another <laughs> bring your own energy game. Football's played a couple of those. This will be about basketball's first one. We'll get into this with Twitter questions. I think that's actually going to maybe help this team, at least early. But we'll, we'll, so we'll see. But I got Nevada winning pretty comfortably. 86-73. Um, what do you got for a betting angle? So right now, Nevada favored by 15 and the over-under is 152.5. Just because early in the season, it's kind of hard to like compile a lot of these stats together. But the one thing that I do know, so far we're, we're perfect against the spread. Yep. So I'm actually not sure on the over-unders, but if you're going to make a bet, a uh, fairly confident bet, if you're going to base it off the first four games, is take the spread. So your, take pred- Nevada, my- your, your prediction has Nevada covering. My prediction does not. A little bit mm-hmm. close. All right. Um, and before we jump into slants here, I, I will say this. I've had a couple people reach out to us this week and ask us what was going on if we were going to be at games because Nevada playing, obviously, Thanksgiving Day afternoon and then the Friday after Thanksgiving night and you got the football game on Saturday. I talked about it with Duke. I was planning on going to the football game. That is up in the air right now. We'll see. There's a possibility <laughs> that I'm going to go watch at a, at a friend's house. We talked about attendance issues being a thing. <laughs> And now, I, I mean, wait, 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 playing into it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, would I rather go down to UNLV where I'd rather watch on the couch? There's going to be a ton of great games on and have free beer. That's it. I mean, I, I think that is the attendance issue in a nutshell. In a nutshell. Yeah, the well, whole the whole college college is experiencing this attendance issue right. nationwide. Right. So we'll see if I end up going to the football game on Saturday. That's probably a coin flip. I am going to go to the Nevada basketball game on Friday night. So we're not going to get into Nevada versus UMass or Nevada versus Southern Illinois because we don't know who they're playing. Um, but that is either going to be at um, 7 or 9.30, I believe, on Friday night at the Orleans um, Arena, just off just off the strip. Uh, there's It's my understanding there's an event at, at the Orleans. It starts around 5.30 for Nevada fans. I am planning on going to that as well as the basketball game after uh, would love to see some of you guys there. Um, had a couple people, re- couple people reach out. Um, would love to say hi, say how much I appreciate you guys listening to the show. Uh, just hit me up on Twitter. Um, I'll take pictures from from where I am, and then uh, we can go from there. But it's going to be a fun night, a really fun weekend for Nevada football and Nevada basketball, just Nevada fans in general. All right, let's jump into some slants. we got to start with some omissions from last week. I talked when We had Chad Hartley on. We were talking about the Nevada tweet after the Cincinnati game, the random letters that blew up on Twitter. And Chad actually got me the numbers for the total impressions that tweet had. As of last week, so those numbers might even be a little bit bigger now, 4.2 million impressions, 17,281 retweets, 59,090 likes, 
in 557 replies. That is the power of social media. That's the definition of blowing up right there. And we also had Adam talking about a pie place last week on that on the drive from Reno to San Jose, but really Reno to the Bay Area. We had a couple people reach out and, and tell us that that place is called Aikidas. Um, they do more than pies, apparently. The reviews I got from people were saying it's maybe a little bit more expensive um, than you'd be looking for, but apparently they have really good burgers as well. So shout out to everyone who reached out and uh, gave us an assist on that one. It is Thanksgiving for a lot of people listening right now. This comes out Wednesday night, but most people will probably be listening on Thursday. We're going to power rank some Thanksgiving traditions. I'll let you start, bro. Number one. Yeah. Unanimous. My downright, I didn't even have to think about it, is leftovers. Yeah. Leftover. I mean, that is just, it happens every year, obviously, and there's just tons of food. And, I mean, that's just... One thing when I'm eating the Thanksgiving dinner, I'm just kind of keeping my eye on the stuffing bowl and seeing how much action that's getting, hoping that the action isn't too much because then I can factor how much longer I'm going to be able to eat stuffing. <laughs> no one touch it. That's going, yeah, back okay. the fr- that's going back into the fridge. Uh, yeah. <laughs> my first one is not going Black Friday shopping. Ooh, that's good. I have never understood it. I've never gotten into it. I understand for a lot of people it's a, it's a thing. It's like a tradition. They get into it. But it's it's way too easy now to I can go Black Friday shopping on my phone at noon while watching football. I don't I don't yeah. need to be running around Target at four in the morning with a turkey hangover. Think smarter, not harder. What else you got? Other one, nap after dinner. Usually watching one of the football games, the Cowboys Lions. I'm not sure of the times this year, but napping after dinner, almost everybody does it. Yep. Plop, grab your belly, move on to the couch, and I'll see you in about an hour and a half. I'm going with complaining about crappy games. Cause you, mm. ne- you, you never really usually get the, the best games. Like they use, the NFL will usually tease you with a couple, eh, those are okay. Um, so I'm looking forward to that on Thanksgiving. Everyone complaining about how crappy the games are. Cause there are some, eh, we'll see. So you got, you got bears at lions, bears rolling. Lions, we thought they were a contender, maybe not so much now. And I think I saw that Trubisky is actually going to be out of that game. So not only is it Bears-Lions, it's Bears-Lions with the backup to Mitchell Trubisky. So that that's something. Beautiful. You got Washington at Dallas. Washington, Colt McCoy, so another backup quarterback. By the way, did you? I know you're in Brazil. Did you see that Alex Smith video? Absolutely disgusting. Bro. Disgusting. Oh, yeah, my it was, God. It was, it, it was one of those videos that like, it just made you cringe, like jump and kind of like just cringe when you saw his like, when he gets on, when he's on like his hands and knees or whatever and you could see his right leg just flail. Go, well, you can see his foot going the completely wrong direction. Like it's well, not that's what I'm saying. going that way. Yeah, exactly. It was, that was, oh. disgu- it was one of those ones that I'm surprised that Twitter didn't have like that. You know, when you click on a video that might be a little explicit or whatever, it makes oh, you say yeah. like, yes, I agree. I was surprised it didn't have that. Yeah, that, that was gross. So that, that one's actually for first place in the NFC least. So it, it'll mean something. I don't think it's going to be a great game. You also have Atlanta at New Orleans. So beginning of the year, it that looked like a really good game. The Falcons stink. Like, they stink. And mm-hmm. the Saints are maybe the best team in the NFL right now. They look unbelievable. Uh Falcons, by the way, I mentioned that they stink. Two straight L's. They lost the Browns and lost at home to Dallas last week. So, complaining about crappy football games, another tradition. There we go. 
Uh, the other one, this is more of a shout out to employers for giving us this tradition, but having Friday off. I know yeah. some people don't, but majority of people have Friday off. It's just fantastic. You get a little extra long weekend. You're still needing because you're in a food coma. So it's just, I mean, that's that's another part of the bread and butter. It's per- perfect yeah. just knowing that you can eat as much as you want because you're not gonna have to do anything tomorrow. So this whole this whole slant power ranking Thanksgiving traditions is like the cliche. You have to do it on Thanksgiving if if you have any sort of show. So we're getting the cliche. Um, I'm doubling down on cliches right here. Gonna double down. Bring it. Bring it. I don't know if it's because I'm 27 now and I've been away from home for several years now, but the, I, I don't know if it's the older you get, the more you're away from home, whatever it is, but you really start to appreciate more. I, mean, I remember in high school being like, uh, whatever. But you really do get to start to appreciate being around friends, family, and loved ones because it gets more difficult as, as you grow up and as you start, start getting pulled different directions and you move to different places in the country. So getting to spend time with, with friends, family, and loved ones for me, going full cliche on this. We obviously had our family down here for our family Thanksgiving a couple weeks ago now, and that was awesome. So we'll be with Tara's family on Thanksgiving Day. You're going to be doing Thanksgiving lunch in Brazil. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a curveball for it. Yeah, that really is. <laughs> Not a lot of people doing that. Not a lot of people celebrating <laughs> Thanksgiving in that oh. way. So it, today we see it a lot. It's really easy to complain. You see a lot of people complaining all the time, but it's it's a day, at least one day out of the year, where a lot of people get to at least try to put that to the side and realize that there are a lot of things we all can be grateful for. There, there really are, and also leftovers. <laughs> you you got one more? Uh, I mean, I just kind of had some honorable mentions, some ones that like I mean, not necessarily even like applied to our family, but just what you would hear from other. So I don't know, you know, I can just, I'll just name a couple, yeah, right, right, but like one right, of them, a few. one of them is the you know, backyard football. Yeah. I've seen a lot of families do that. I don't know if it's just cause, you know, our family knows our athletic ability and what we, what we can do. So we're like, yeah, I'm fine. I know you can do whatever. So I'm going to stay on the couch. Well, we used, uh, we used to for a while when we were kids. Yeah. We'd go that's throw true. We had all around. Yeah. Yeah, the old backyard. And the other one, it's more for students and kids coming back from their first, second, you know, whatever, uh, break. Cause that Thanksgiving break is almost like, you know, more times than not, the first time you kind of go home, especially if you live a distance away from your family, if you move yeah. from college. Yeah. But you go from having all the freedom in the world, you're on your own, and now you're back in your parents' house. And I was thinking more of like, uh, we won't get too deep into it, but with having a couple beers. Yeah. And trying to be a little, trying to be a little sneaky and see how, <laughs> you know, seeing how many you can get away with. Yep. Yeah. This was always the, you get excited for Thanksgiving, but the, the second Thanksgiving ends and that Sunday after Thanksgiving starts getting closer. And then that Sunday night is one of the scariest Sundays of the entire year. Cause you're <laughs> like, reality. I gotta, I gotta go back to school. Finals are next week. I got a couple, I got eight projects to do. I haven't started on any of them. I'm not grateful mm-hmm. for anything anymore. This sucks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, That's when you start questioning all your decisions. <laughs> yeah. I made a huge mistake. My, my last <laughs> one I'll, I'll give honorable mention is putting up Christmas decorations immediately after Thanksgiving. Yeah. That's a good point. Immediately after Thanksgiving. Okay. <laughs> Games of the weekend. I'll start. I mentioned I'm already crying because this is the la- basically the last week of the regular season for college football. That's unbelievable. Unacceptable, I would even venture to say. Um, but some big ones. 
Oklahoma at West Virginia. Oklahoma six. West Virginia is number nine. That has all sorts of implications in the Big 12. Who's going to go to the Big 12 title game? It's pretty simple. The winner of that one is going to play Texas if Texas beats Kansas. You would pretty much expect Texas to win that game. Kansas might be feeling some hype. He's got Les Miles. Les Miles, dude. Yeah. I don't think he's on the sideline yet to ruin that offense. Nah. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so that'll be a fun one in the Big 12. Oklahoma, a one-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. That's a Friday game, by the way. Friday at, Friday mm-hmm. at 5 o'clock. Also, obviously, Michigan at Ohio State. Going to be a fun one. All sorts of implications. Uh, for the Big Ten, but also for the Nash, or for the college football playoff, Michigan currently fourth, I believe. Either they're third mm-hmm. or fourth, yeah. or whatever. Um, the Buckeyes should yeah. not have won last week. They should have lost to Maryland. That would have been hilarious. I would have loved it, but nonetheless, maybe they can lose uh, this week against Michigan. Michigan, by the way, a four-point favorite. I'm probably listing all the games that you that you're going to list that you're going to list uh, in the Mountain West. A really fun one in the Mountain Division. Uh, Utah State and Boise, they're both 23 and 25, or 25 and 23rd, whatever they are. They're both ranked. The winner of that one's going to play Fresno in the Mountain West title game. Boise, the three-point favorite. That's a really fun one. And then, obviously, I mean, you can comment on this one. It's our, I mean, we're in a, a, a Nevada against Boise UNLV situation with UW when it comes to uh, Washington State and Oregon. I mean, I almost mm-hmm. hate Oregon more. Um, it's easier now. It's easier, I think, now to start saying that Washington State's becoming the more hated, hated again because they're becoming good because again. They're becoming good. I will say it is hard to hate them though, between Mike Leach and everything that he is. Yeah, and the fact no, that he gets stomped every year in the Apple Cup, it makes him more lovable. <laughs> it's a tra- tradition like no other. But yeah, Washington. I think it's sixteen or seventeen. Washington State at eight. The Cougs are two and a half point favorites. Winner of that one's going to the Pac-12 title game. So not only a rivalry game, but it's all sorts of indications in the Pac-12. Not really for the college football playoff. I don't think many people think Washington State has a legit chance of getting of getting in. Um, certainly, if they lose, they don't. Um, if yeah. they win, they're still alive at least. I believe that game is Friday as well. Yeah, they need a lot of dominoes to fall their way, I think, to sneak into the playoffs. Yeah, did you have any games you're looking at other than those four? <laughs> so you, so you pretty much hit them all. The, the last one I had was just the Iron Bowl, Auburn at Alabama. I don't care. Bam, yeah, Bama's favored by 24, but I can't. How many years ago was it when Auburn had the punt return in the end Chris, zone? Chris the Davis. Windy? That was several years ago now. Yeah, I know. I, I think I was a sophomore in college then, maybe a freshman, but. That was the last one. Iron Bowl is usually entertaining, but Bama's just been such a juggernaut this year. They're favored by 24, so do you we'll even, see if do you enjoy even... watching Alabama football. No, I enjoy the the chance that Alabama has to lose every week until about the end of the first quarter. It's not even fun for me to watch. Like people argue against dynasties and they say they're bad for sports. Really, they're good for sports because now you have a bad guy and someone who's easy to root for. Mm-hmm. You have a, you have a villain. But yeah, they're, they're, the, they're so dominant. It's just like, what do we got? Well, and the, the other frustrating part, too, with them is they'll say is, you know, everybody they have on the depth chart, say, you know, somebody can't finish a game, gets hurt, whatever, suspended. There's another guy right behind that matter. guy that's yeah. just as good. That, so I will So I will agree in that regard that it is kind of annoying because it, it almost seems like there are no, you know, they don't really have an Achilles heel. 
Other than Saban attacking the media. I mean, their Achilles heel was their offense. Like, that was their bugaboo, and now that's, yeah, been, now that's been fixed. That's just, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Alright, moving on to the NFL lineup. We talked about some of the Thanksgiving games. What are some games you're looking forward to, whether it's Thanksgiving or, or this weekend? So, I mean, I've, I've said it before, I'm kind of having that same feeling with the NFL. A lot of these games I'm looking at, I'm just not as excited. Yeah, I it's, think. it's, I don't not, know it's that... not a great lineup this weekend. Yeah, so I mean, mine, mine's super soft, and this was, we, uh, I was kind of writing this down before the brutal Alex Smith leg video. Ugh. But you got, I like, I'm, in, I'll be interested to see the Redskins Cowboys because now that out of nowhere, the Cowboys are kind of emerging that they, you know, might take the division, especially with the Redskins losing Smith. Right. right. And in this game, I mean, Dallas is favored by seven and a half, which I think is pretty crazy. The Redskins defense has been very good this year. But in that game, you got over-unders, 40-and-a-half. Like I said, Dallas is favored by 7-and-a-half. Then the only other game I wrote down there... Dallas is favored by 7-and-a-half in that one? 7-and-a-half. That's a big spread. That's a very big spread. No respect for Colt McCoy. Yeah. No, they're they're stomping on him. Um, And then just the other one, just us being Seahawks guys. uh, Seahawks at Panthers. Yep. Um, 10 a.m. Carolina favored by 3-and-a-half. Over-under 47-and-a-half. For whatever reason, playing in Carolina, I just think about that playoff game a couple years ago when Seattle went down, was a 31-0 or 28-0 in the it first was, half. I think, and, I think it was 31. That was a fun game. And then they ended up losing 31-28 or something like that. Yeah, I, but I they, and exactly they didn't kick the field goal in the first half. They mm-hmm. would have kicked it. I mean, it would have t- – eh, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that, that's like Those are my two games I got. Yeah, that was one I, I've circled as well. That's a big one for the NFC playoff picture. Seahawks at 5-5 five and five after that win over Green Bay. The Panthers 6-4. and four. That's a deceiving record. They're better than their record suggests. They've just been bad away from home. They're good at home, and they'll be at mm-hmm. home on Sunday. It's always a tough trip when Seattle goes to Carolina. The games are always close. And the Panthers, three-and-a-half-point favorite. So Vegas basically is saying, you know, they're pretty equal. Give yeah, them, home give field advantage pretty much. Carolina, three points for being at home. Uh, also looking at Pittsburgh at Denver. So Pittsburgh, seven, two, and one. Remember when the sky was falling for them? Mm-hmm. They've been playing well. They're at Denver. Denver's four and six. Pittsburgh only a three point favorite on the road. And the Broncos coming off that win over the Chargers. The other game, as we mentioned, not a great lineup this weekend. I got Green Bay at Minnesota. Green Bay's four, five, and one. Minnesota's five, four, and one. So one game gap between the two. Minnesota three and a half point favorite. Basically a must win for Aaron Rodgers in the pack, in the Packers because the Bears are running away with that division. And, there's just an absolute log jam at five and five, six and four, four mm-hmm. and six in the NFC. It's a big one for the plenty Packers. of pl- plenty of the plenty of the teams of that record. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's jump into some Twitter questions. And as I mentioned, thank you guys to all of you who sent a question in. You guys are awesome. It, it's fun the Nevada athletic community because I put my video out on Tuesday, and the conversations that end up happening. Just what are you guys talking about? <laughs> it, <laughs> it, it, it went it went some weird directions, but it, it was a lot of fun. So the first question, we got this one from Andrew via email. Andrew asks, after the Clown Motel in Tonopah, there might be some people listening driving past the Clown Motel in Tonopah right now. Uh, what's the creepiest slash most depressing thing on the drive between Reno and Vegas? What do you got? That ta- that town, I can't remember if it's before or after the Clown Hotel, but it's Goldfield, I think is what it's called. Mm. Goldfield, Gold it's Rush, the, something the one, like that. Is it Gold- the one that's on the lake? 
No, you're thinking of Walker Lake. That's before Tonopah. Yeah. Yeah, you're thinking of Walker Lake. No, it's called like Goldfield or Gold Rush or whatnot. It used to be, I guess, when, you know, way back when a thriving city, but you drive through it. And I'm not trying to offend anybody if you live, if you're living there. Triggered. But when we, yeah, when you drive through, I just have that, it's just got a super eerie feeling. You got to like speed down to 25 and drive through. You're looking at all these super old buildings and like you're, you're, you see you're explaining every small town you drive through on the way down to Vegas from Reno. They're all like well, yeah, yeah, especially all those little ones in Nevada. But on those ones, there's actually people living there, and there's like people sitting on the porch, and they just kind of have that look like, "Who, who are you?" Kind of <laughs> keep, keep 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 moving, don't ask any questions, and it, I don't know, it just gives you like a little ear, eerie feeling. I don't know about yeah. I mean, all all those small towns, if we're being honest. It's like who lives here? What do you, what do you guys do? This this would that's be a, my question. I'm like I'm just thinking like these people. I'm like these people must have some bomb Wi-Fi because they're all working remotely. <laughs> um, I would say the most depressing thing is the minute you leave, knowing that you have eight hours of nothing ahead of you. So pretty much yeah. the entire thing. At least when you're driving to Vegas, you got Beatty and you can get you can get candy. That's always something to look forward to. And you leave Beatty, it's like okay, home stretch. Here we go. Yeah, exactly. We're almost there. Um, but yeah, not not a great drive. Shout out to everyone who's making the drive right now. Please be safe. Um, it's gonna be dark. Probably a lot of people making that drive. So do so mm-hmm. responsibly. Um, we'll just move down the line here. A ton of them. Um, should there be any worry that Nevada basketball has started slow in each of the first four games? What's your concern level? No, like we've we've talked about it. It's gonna take a while for these guys to gel. Got a whole, you know, a lot of, a lot of new guys coming in with a couple guys that have been there for a while. So I'm not, I'm not very concerned. I'd say out of 10, three. Yeah. You would like to see the team start better, but ultimately you are seeing the team play well, at least in the second half, at least long enough to pull away from teams and then ultimately dominate. So not a concern yet. If it continues into, especially some of these bigger games against USC, Arizona State, Loyola Chicago next week, then it becomes a problem. This team, yeah. it's going to take time for this team to gel. I think we're starting to see some of that. Um, so the, the slow starts to me, at least looking back now, it's not not a surprise. I think maybe it should be something we should have expected. Um, so so not a concern uh, yet. Miles, that question was from Tony, by the way. Miles asks, "What's up, Miles? Who is the voice in the intro and outro of the Reno Slant?" <laughs> so I'm surprised we didn't get this question earlier. Uh, full transparency, bringing you guys behind the curtain here. We're actually thinking about changing it. We'll see if we do that maybe in the, in the new year. Um, the voice is someone we hired to do the voice originally, the voiceover. We don't know him. It's just someone we paid to say, here's the script, kind of here's what we're thinking. Um, it worked at least originally. I think there's some things we can spice up with it. Um, so that's something to look out for. Uh, maybe changing that. Law of the Jungle NV. Uh, what can Nevada, I'll add on to Tony's question, what can Nevada do to get going early? Uh, something we've heard, we heard Musk talk about, I forget which game it was, he thinks that maybe the teams come out and play too fast early, too pumped up, you're at home, crazy season, 10,000 people in, in the stands, you got the, the juices flowing. So I think, as I, I mentioned it, um, on the top of the show, I think going on the road to playing in front of 400 people against a team like Tulsa might be good for this team because now they can kind of slow down and mm-hmm. let the game come to them. 
you know, not try to play a million miles an hour. So I, I think slowing down early is, is something to look at. And as I mentioned, I think playing in front of a smaller crowd uh, might help this this week down here in Vegas. Um, Lava Jungle NV also asks, how do you think the out-of-conference schedule is shaping up so far, better or worse than expected? So uh, the big games on this non-conference schedule, BYU. BYU's rattled off four straight since losing to Nevada. You have Loyola Chicago. That's next Tuesday. That game's come. That's a big one. Loyola Chicago's four and one. Their only loss is to Furman, which, if you would look at it at the sur- on surface level, that's a disappointing loss. Um, but Furman beat Villanova on the road, and Loyola Chicago. Furman's good, <laughs> so that's not a bad loss for Loyola Chicago at four and one. USC's been a little disappointing. The Trojans are three and two. They got clobbered by Texas Tech. Arizona State has been, I don't know if a surprise is the word, but they played really well. They are playing down here. Um, they're playing down here in a tournament right now. They beat number 15 Mississippi State pretty soundly on Monday night down here in Vegas. I think they're playing right now. They're playing tonight. Um, so Arizona State looks good. That's going to be a good game on the schedule. Grand Canyon, not a great game, but an interesting game. Grand Canyon is 3-1. They lost by 5 at South Dakota State. South Dakota State coming to Reno. Um... We know what they did last year. Expectations of them going to the tournament again this year. They've been a little disappointing. They're four and two. Ken Palm has them at 95. They lost to Florida Gulf Coast and Tulane. So kind of a bummer. I don't know. Eh, just not a great start for South Dakota State. And then Utah at two and one. Ken Palm has them at 70, but they got absolutely throttled by Minnesota. Um, 78-69. Not throttled, but I mean, they lost soundly in that one. So I would say, I mean, it hasn't been a huge disappointment. It obviously hasn't been great for Nevada. I'll say slightly below expectations. We'll go that direction with Nevada's out of conference schedule. At least so, at least so far. It's still early in the season, guys. Garrett said, I'm a firm believer that Jazz Johnson obviously should be starting. Clearly the quickest off the dribble and able to easily get into the lane while drawing multiple defenders and creating for others. Offense flows much better with him in. Do you agree? And, uh, if he did start, who would he replace? I think it's pretty obvious the offense is playing a little bit better when he's in there. Uh, it's a style of play this team is more used to playing. Playing quick, using its athleticism, playing with size is an adjustment this team is going through this year. Um, so I do think the offense looks a little bit better when he's in there. If he de- if he were to start, I think pretty clearly it's going to be either Trey Sean Thurman or Trey Porter who's going to lose their starting spot. But then you have Jordan Brown and one of those big guys come off the bench. That's a lot of size coming off the bench. Two totally contrasting styles. I think Musk likes having Jazz Johnson on the bench. On the bench, he obviously provides a spark. Um, he's said he's getting into a routine here. He's, he's, he's shooting the ball effectively off the bench, which is hard to do sometimes. Um, so I don't expect it to change. Maybe he experiments with it, um, but I, I, I think Musk likes Jazz Johnson coming off the bench. A uh, fake Matt Mummy, one of the OGs, one of the goats of asking us Twitter questions. Oh God, I forgot about this question. Did you see this one, bro? I did not. No, I missed this. This is this. We're, we're gonna get shamed again. Oh God, here, here we go. <laughs> Rocky Balboa came back to beat Clubber Lang to regain his heavyweight title at the end of Rocky Three. <laughs> I'm, I'm I already have my head hanging. <laughs> since Clubber beat Rocky in the first bout, why wasn't there a rematch? If you damn millennials say you haven't seen Rocky Three. I'm unsubscribing to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. 
I, <laughs> next question. I do know this at least. Do you know who play club, who plays club, Clubber Lang? No. Mr. T. Oh god. Uh, so you probably have issues with casting or getting him back or something. Well, yeah, on a real level, but in, in any sort of real boxing scenario, you have two big time heavyweight fights and you split the first two, there's gonna be a third. Yeah. So why I get that, yeah, I get So why wasn't there a third? Uh I'm sure there's conspiracy theories all over the internet. So let's make let's make one up for Clubber Lang. Let's say it's mm-hmm. the same universe as the A team and he said, Forget this boxing, I'm going to go join the A-team. He didn't have time to, to do a rematch. Some people quit while they're just on top. I'm sure the A-team came out before Rocky Three, But let's just go. They just came out at different times. Let's do that. I'm rolling with it. <laughs> not great. Yeah, we got that. I saw that question yesterday. I'm like, ugh. I'm not going to be able to lift. I'm not be able to look myself in the mirror for a while. Hey, we could have lied. We could have looked up IMDb notes and said, oh, yeah, great movie. They should have fought again. We could have lied. Uh, <laughs> Matty Coops 10. We suck. Matt, Matty Coops 10. Do you see the Martin Twins or Caroline having successful NBA careers? So, obviously, all three of them tested the waters uh, this offseason. I think just looking at the three... Caleb Martin is the most intriguing prospect probably, and that's because he has the best stroke. And in today's NBA, you have to be able to shoot. That's what scouts told Jordan Caroline. That's what they told Cody Martin is that, look, if you're going to play in the NBA today, especially Jordan Caroline is going to be undersized. He's going to be a small forward in the mm-hmm. NBA. You, you got to be able to stretch the floor. And, um, I, so I, I would say Caleb ha- has the, best trajectory at least for now um but Caleb Martin or Jordan Caroline playing as hard as he does Cody Martin impacting the game as many ways as he does I think there is a path for both of them certainly but um shooting stroke is going to be the big thing for those three uh John Schaup some scrub what's up dad which is better white or dark turkey meat go dark meat easily I really don't care stuffing or deviled eggs stuffing like I like I mentioned earlier, yeah. I'm big stuffing guy. I'll go stuffing, but deviled eggs, they're growing on me big time. Uh, pumpkin pie or ice cream? Ice cream. Ice cream for certain. Lions or Cowboys on Thanksgiving? Um, I'm going to go with Lions because Whoa. I just love – I love watching the Cowboys lose. I think it's hilarious. They are self-proclaimed America's team, and there's nothing funnier than the people who think they're America's team losing on yeah. America's day. I'll go with the Cowboys because I got Zeke. And he's been starting to play much better for me from a fantasy perspective. Uh, <laughs> um, what's your opinion on when on when the pack? Make sure I'm reading this right. This is from Rooster, by the way. What's your opinion on when the pack versus Rebels game should be held? Nevada Day weekend or Thanksgiving weekend? Mm, I think in theory it makes sense to have it on the Nevada Day weekend. Just obviously Nevada Day, but I do like the in-state rivalry games being at the end of the season, Thanksgiving Day weekend, just because I think it means more. I always think it's weird when you see, like, the in-state rivals in-state rivals play, not talking Nevada and UNLV, but, you know, they play in, like, week six or week five. Yeah. I just don't I just don't think there's as much hype or as much excitement, so I like it coming towards the end. Yeah, it'd make a ton of sense playing on, on Nevada Day, as you said, 
But I also like the fact they're playing the last game of the season. I think that's how it's supposed to be. And with these, a lot of these rivalries, you know, and add an element to it is a lot of these rivals are in-state. They're not separated by by very far. These games are being played on Thanksgiving weekend when you have families together. So you have the mm-hmm. dynamic of is it a house divided? Is it the entire house rooting for one for one team? So I think I think that's something too. If I mean, if they could play Nevada Day weekend and that be the end of the season, then I wouldn't have a problem. But I, I certainly prefer them playing the last game of the, the last week of the year. John C. Fremont he asked a few. If someone made an ultimatum and you had to lose one limb, are you choosing an arm or a leg? Oh my god. I'm I'm losing an arm. Left my I basically don't have a left arm anyways. This thing's useless. I'm so right hand dominant. Yeah, I'm I'm losing my arm. I I, I, I strong disagree with technology. Mm. You, you can get a fake a prosthetic leg now and it's it's no difference. You only get one uh, hand. We're, oh, we're throwing these type of curveballs. You in only there, get huh? one. Hey, it's the question. No, are you gonna take the I'm question saying, seriously or not? If you're not gonna answer the question, get out of the kitchen. If you lose a limb, you are losing a limb. You can't lose a limb and then get half a limb back. Well, I think the assumption is that you can ha- you can get it replaced by something. It's 2018. The question was asked in 2018. The question was being asked in 1950. And it's a different question. All right. Well, if we're gonna get fake, no, I'm sticking no, to it. Sticking still losing. Still, still, still losing my left arm. Chop it off. Uh, another question from JCF. He asked a couple. Um, I saw a David Ellis throwback last night at Lawler in the student section. What's the most random Nevada basketball throwback jersey you would actually wear, and why is it Curry Lynch? So I'm not even gonna pretend to know who Curry Lynch is. <laughs> not, oh. not gonna go that route. I will go. Uh, it's not an extreme throwback, but if I had to pick one, because obviously I didn't start following Nevada basketball until 2013 when I showed up in Reno, I'm going Lucas Dibbrens. Babbitt. Yeah. I think a lot of people would probably say that. But Lucas Dibbrens, mm-hmm. my boy. 6-8, I forget what game that was when they, I think it was like Holy Names, they were up 50 in the fourth, in the second half, and he was just making threes, having the game of his life. That was great. Uh, last question from JCF. Over, overrated, underrated. Thanksgiving turkey. Wait, sorry, I missed that. Over, over overrated under or underrated? Thanksgiving turkey, or appropriately Un- rated? Unpopular opinion. Overrated. I'm a ham guy. I'm gonna go same. I'm also gonna say overrated. It's a staple. You gotta have it. It's gotta be part of the meal. But for, for me, the bigger things are like the mashed potatoes, the stuffing, the deviled eggs. The rolls, the rolls on Thanksgiving are always bomb. So, Maybe. yeah, I, I like that stuff more than like the turkey. The turkey's kind of just, it's got to be there. It's, it's an anchor. Yeah, <laughs> it's what brings it all together. It's an anchor. Blake asks, what's better, pumpkin pie or apple pie? That pecan pie is shit. <laughs> <laughs> True, I do agree with that. Uh, I'm apple pie, though. I'm going to go apple pie as well. I'm going to go apple pie yeah. as well. Um. Ooh, another question from JCF, actually. Like I mentioned, we got a ton this week. Say it's Thursday and you see a throwback Thursday post on Instagram, but it's from the weekend before. Is that really a throwback or is it just a late post? Um, this is a good one. This is stuff we need to be getting into more on this podcast. <laughs> so I do think – okay, this is the, I'll put it this way. I think it's a late post when people try and sneak it in there. 
and are just like, you know, put TBT or whatever, but they don't acknowledge the fact that it's so recent. I think it's acceptable when people wear it and post something like TBT, whatever. You know, I know it's last week, but yeah. more, more times than not, it's probably from a, you know, fun weekend. They did a fun event or something like that. So yeah. I think that in that case, it's acceptable. And that proves the point that it's not an actual TBT. Cause it means you're making fun of yourself. Like, TBT, it was only a week ago. So no, it's a really late post. It's some people, and some, for a lot of times it's people just finding excuses to post pictures. Uh, I think like one of the most common examples is girls finding excuses to post bikini pictures in December from the summer. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me. Look yeah. at me. I mean, that's the most common example. Austin asks, uh, what's your ideal Thanksgiving sandwich? So I asked Tara about this. I'm like, Thanksgiving sandwich? Like, that's never been really a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. If you go to Cap... Have you ever not had the Thanksgiving? I can't remember the well, title. The, 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 or... the Bobby is... The Bobby, that's what it is. Yeah, the Bobby at Capriotti's is a Thanksgiving sandwich, and it's amazing. But I think there's... Right, some, you, some oh, you mean sandwiches like... You mean, like mayo, right. They make their own at home. I mean, yeah, you could probably throw, really, some, I mean, throw some mayo, throw some stuffing, throw some turkey, maybe some, cranberry, some cranberry sauce. I mean, that's, that's what the Bobby is. Yeah, we literally just described the Bobby. That's the Bobby, guys. Go go, go to Capriotti's. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's get into some random Reno and let's get out of here. What did you find about Reno? The man that birthed, the man that actually won the contest, that got the slogan, the biggest little city, was from Sacramento. I saw that. That's weak. So, I think that is weak, too. So, but it is what it is, I guess. So, we're sticking with the naming aspect. Nevada gets its name from the Spanish word meaning snowclad. Do you know that? No. I did not know that. That makes a lot of sense, obviously, with the Sierra Nevadas. But for a lot of people in Las Vegas, we don't see I mean, it's actually interesting. The mountains outside Vegas, they do get snow. Is it Charleston? Charleston? Yeah, you get some snow. And it's. I guess it's not totally impossible for it to snow here in Vegas. It's happened before. Not common, obviously. But yeah, so Nevada, name for the Spanish word snowclad. As I mentioned at the very top, uh, I think we're, Reno's going to get its first real winter storm. I don't think it's going to snow down in town, but at, at the mountains, looks like they're going to get maybe a foot well, at the top. That's why I'm, ex- that's why I'm excited to get, when I, when I get home, uh, next week, the North Star Heavenly and Kirk, I think maybe Kirkwood's not open. I know North Star and Heavenly are open. They got like three, one or two runs open or something. Yeah, but. all, all man made, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's all me. I was looking at the update and I saw, I mean, the light trails are still heavily red, but I would assume that yeah. they're just straight man-made. Right. All right, that's our show. Thank you to all of you who continue to listen. The numbers are growing every week. Last Thursday was our biggest day since launch. So to all of you who listen, thank you so much. Thank you to Duke Williams for coming on the show, talking about his career at Nevada, talking about his career with Buffalo and his No Limit Sports Lab. I do. I forgot to mention this earlier. Um, I, I called it a gym while we were talking to, to each other, and at the very end he goes, dude, can you call it Sports Lab? I'm like, bro, you wait till the very end to tell me. <laughs> you didn't want to correct mm-hmm. me while we were talking, so it's a sports lab. So my correction, my, my apologies to, to Duke and the No Limit Sports Lab team. Uh, incredible addition to the Reno community, no question. Check it out if you haven't. You can follow us on Twitter, at ShoutNathan. I'm first this week at Shop Adam or at the Reno Slant. You can also email us, therenoslant at gmail.com. Please, please, please don't forget to leave us a five-star iTunes review. We need one next week. We got shut out this week. 
And uh, so tip-off Thursday, today, for a lot of you guys, 1 o'clock down here in Vegas, Nevada versus Tulsa. It's on Fox Sports. And then Friday night, either going to be 7 or 9.30 versus Southern Illinois or UMass. Kickoff Saturday down here in Vegas at Sam Boyd, 6.30 on CBS Sports Network. Have a great holiday, everyone. Enjoy your time with family and friends. Travel safe, please. We appreciate you guys so much, and we will see you guys next week. Go Pack. Thanks for listening to the Reno Slant, the podcast for Northern Nevada sports fans. Until next time, and we're still not talking about the Loyalist Chicago tournament game.